0: We're up, Paul Ribbons. It's been yes. a long time since I saw you properly last, as we were just saying, backstage before we started talking, um, and a beautifully serendipitous podcast this one because we reconnected about a week ago. Because you sent, did you send that message out to everyone? You knew
1: uh, I was picking who I was sending. So, yeah, so I was I like,
0: oh, Paul needs to come on the podcast. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> and then what happened was the podcast guest for today. Is really sick with COVID and can't speak. So actually, messaged me saying, "I'm really." She was really sorry.
2: Can we reschedule? I was
0: like, "Yep, absolutely." I'm gonna text Paul. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited to have you on, and um, Mm -hmm. boy, you've had a journey. And we were just saying before we came on, what, what a shit show ten years can be, and what an amazing. 10 years
3: yeah, can be yeah so, yeah
0: yeah, yeah. i'd like just... to start i want to re i want to go back kind of to the beginning so i met you in london i'm not even sure i want to say 15 years ago could have been a bit more i don't know i'm I trying yeah. to figure out when it, it was,
1: was. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think it was probably around 2012 13 around that sort of time i think
0: yeah yeah, so it could. Yeah. So I'm wondering. Actually, we were just talking about cycling, but I'm wondering that. So my brother died in a cycling accident. I don't know whether you oh, knew that. He was no, trying I to, that. I I'm wondering not. if it's just before that. Yeah, he was one of the lunatic cyclists that you're talking about. That we were talking about before. That's just it was all it was all on him. But we can talk about that another time. Yeah. But so. I remember being fascinated by you when we met at a property event because you are the <laughs> opposite to what I do in property and you, you don't hold anything. You flip things on. You just told me before we came on, you know, three weeks is, is, is a long <laughs> kind of how long you keep a property for. So anyone listening is like, what the hell? And I'd like to go back a bit before that and just, you know, to sit who is Paul for people who don't know you. And actually I'm kind of aware I feel like I know you and we've sort of been connected. Mm. We don't actually know each other, really. No, 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 so no, no, you know, we've met and I think there's, I just have a belief that you meet, we meet people or I meet people and I just feel like, I don't know, we're probably brother and sister in a past life because I'm a bit <laughs> woo-woo. I, so I <laughs> no, have that okay. kind of connection, but actually we don't really know each other. So, no,
1: no, no. no.
0: Take me back. Who is Paul? Give me a, a little well,
1: Paul is, um, is uh, he's a very fortunate man uh it, although he's had a very tough life uh, i grew up um, uh, my mother passed when i was three and mm. i had a pretty uh, poor upbringing um I, I, I i've got a condition called dexlexia and it wasn't picked up at school mm. uh, lots of bullying i was very weak as a child uh, i had asthma myself my mum died of asthma so i was a kid that when, when you're in the playground and the team captains are picking the teams I was the one they did not want on their side. They would rather play without me than with me. Yeah. So I was left on my own a lot when I was a kid growing up. Very lonely. Um, I'd say lonely. It was my choice. I, I actually liked it that way. Sure. And um, and uh, I, I, my dad said to me when I was a kid, I had a Saturday job. Always, I, I was a grafter when I was a kid, yeah. and I had a Saturday job in the baking trade. And my dad said to me, "Look, if you get into food clover housing, you can't go wrong. You know, you'll always have a job." So I had a job in the Saturday job in the bakery trade and they offered me a job for when I left school. I didn't have any qualifications. I didn't even go for the last year. I was working in the bakery. So that was my career choice. You know, that was, that was it. And, and my past really sort of caught up with me and knocked me, knocked me off balance. And I was, I'm so far removed from that younger lad and that kid that grew up. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then, I was, I was, I had a girlfriend, and she said to me once, "Look, you, you, you're going nowhere. You're a waste of space." I was living above the bakery, um, and she got a job up the up city, and uh, and she was mixing with people who were going places, and so she gave me the elbow, and it mm. it was the kick up the arse I needed really, because I then made a decision. I was twenty three. I realised I'd lived longer than my mother had. She was twenty three when when I uh, wow. she. And I thought, right, that's it. I'm not going to accept mediocrity any longer, and I'm going to get her back. You know, so uh, that was my mission to get her back. And I was going to buy a flat, and I was going to change my job. and And everyone thought I was bonkers. Yeah, really. uh, This 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 kid, no qualifications, is complete waste of time. He's a loser, and he's talking about buying a flat, changing his job and getting his girlfriend back well getting the girlfriend back was quite easy it wasn't a hard one um and then and i, I, pro- I promised her that I'd, I'd brush my act up mm. which i did bought a flat within 10 months and, and and it's funny because she one of the reasons why she gave me the elbow i i i, I numerous things happened to me during my um Teenage years, and one of them was I lost my driving license for driving cars without any no insurance, without any tax, without any MOTs, and you know we was just real naughty kids, and because and, and, and I was, you know, I, I lived on my own, and so I didn't give a shit, and I smashed my car up, and the guy sued me because I didn't have any insurance, and and uh, and as I was buying the flat, he actually got his judgment. <laughs> And there was no way I was going to let the judgment stand. I don't know if you know, but if you go to court and someone gets, gets a judgment against you, as long as you pay it within 28 days, it doesn't register. Mm. So I had to pay him 1200 quid. Now, 1200 pounds doesn't sound a lot of money today, but in but, 1986, it was a lot of money. It was my yeah. deposit for my flat. Mm. And then I managed to still buy the flat, still pay him off, pay it, and, and, and got the flat. And then while I was buying the flat and going through the process, I was watching these estate agents thinking, I could do that. And, and that was my, it's my mantra. It's always been my mantra. I could do that. Mm. And and so I said to the guy, well, how would you get into this game? And he said, well, he said, you have some qualifications and this, that and the other. I said, oh, no. Uh, and, but he told me he used to be a quick fit fitter. So I went, well, they take anyone then. He went, no, not quite. He said, I worked at quick fit while I was at university. Right, That was my sort of part-time job to pay the, pay the, uh, the, the bills. Uh, and so I got friendly with him and when I come to sell the flat nine months later I've done really well on it I bought it for 28 and sold it for 42 within nine months he was selling it for me and I managed to black my way into his office and get a job Mm. and that was effectively the the process that I went through from getting my girlfriend back getting the flat and changing my job and that day changed my life in in, in, and everything's different and I was an agent during the latter eighties, which was a good time, and then went into the one of the worst recessions we've known mm. in, the, in the latter eighties to early nineties. And we had mm. interest rates; uh, they topped the base rate topped at fifteen percent in September ninety two. So it was it was real tough times to try and yeah. A-
0: my, my my parents lost their business in that recession. Mm. We moved to the reason we're in Wales now is because of that well not because of that recession but you know Mm -hmm. that whole that whole world of we moved back from being abroad dad started a business it was hydroponics, so it was just it was too too advanced for the time no one had heard of it didn't get anywhere kept piling money in and then it was just like no that's it and we Mm -hmm. we moved to wales and we were you know we were within a couple of months i think of house being repossessed and he got a job and that kind of you know saved us but they lost everything you know Mm -hmm. savings a lot everything
1: yeah, it was a, crazy, was a, crazy, 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 crazy times. And people, crazy, people, crazy, people crazy, anyone I know that's been involved in property recently doesn't understand what it's yeah. like to, to, yeah. to have a recession. So I was, I, I was, I'm gonna blow my own trumpet now. I was really good at selling houses, even in the recession, because I understood some basic principles. Yeah. The first basic principle is this is not anything to do with property. It's got absolutely fuck all to do yeah. with it. All right, it's to yeah. do with people, and that's all I knew. Yeah. Uh, and and that basic one basic principle is is um, that if I could work out a way to make it affordable for someone, then 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 we'd either get the price reduced or we will get an inducement from... You can't do it so much now because they don't allow cashbacks or... or I mean, but you're going to start seeing it with new build builders. They'll offer to pay someone's mortgage for a year or something like that. You, yeah. you start to see inducements coming through. So I was aware of this. Worked hard, really hard. In that time, um, I the girlfriend I had we'd split up and and uh I, I, I got married and had kids uh which was uh two kids yeah. a girl boy. and then um and then that didn't last very long unfortunately about four years and then and we got divorced and then uh I had nowhere to bring the kids so I was found myself in a situation where I actually sold my property to move in with this um my ex-wife yeah. And so I was I didn't have a, a property. Fortunately I sold it at the top of the market in the back end of the nineties. Yeah. And then I was, I'm I'm homeless effectively. I was living with my grandmother and and uh and, okay, I've got to buy a house, I've got I've got I've got no choice. So I bought a house, so I could take the kids there, Uh, and then I went self-employed. Literally the same time as 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 getting the mortgage, I went self-employed because couldn't. Mm. I wanted more time with the kids, and Mm. we had issues on on when I could see the kids. And my boss was quite hard because people don't realise working for an estate agent—it's hard work. It's not easy. It's not easy. So uh, I went self-employed. I was acquisition agent effectively or deal sourcer or whatever you want to call it yeah. i had four clients um who used to pay me 1500 pound cash for each property i'd find them yeah I was really good at it i know what makes a good deal yeah. and then one of them said to me me and you 50 50 come on uh, i'll put the money up you put the work in i went all right he said but 50 50 means 50 50 and one of the very first deals that i bought for him was a house in Forest Gate in East London. It shows how long ago it was 40 grand. I mean, today that house wow. is 400 grand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so 40,000, uh, it needed substantial works uh, and a bow flank wall. It had a bay dropping out. It was in a conservation area. So oh, you man. couldn't just do a crappy little job on it. <laughs> you couldn't put a lick of paint on and walk away. <laughs> so, and, and, I, and I thought the average refurb at the time was 12 grand. And I thought, well, 25 would cover that. And the house was worth 85,000 done up. So forty 25, 65, Plus a bit of costs. you for 17, 15 grand. We'd have done a refurb for 15 grand in them days. Probably you wouldn't today, but them days you would do. And so I was thought it was fairly safe. And then we exchanged contracts, didn't have the, uh, Bob the Builder. It was His name was Bob and he was a Builder. And he came around and he went, Paul, are you sure? I went, what? He said, this is, this is this is a technical term for it. It's fucked. He said, he's absolutely knackered. He said, we'd have to rebuild this, do this, can't do this. I said, I said, what? He said, your your estimate is way off, way off. I'm, well, how much then? He went 60 grand. And now, I'm good at maths. 40 and 60 is 100. A house is worth 85, plus our costs 105. You've got a before you go anywhere, <laughs> anywhere, you're going you're gonna to have a, 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 a 20 grand loss. And yeah. so I got my new business partner, a man, saying, oh, oops, I think I cocked up. And he said, well, no, it's really straightforward. We'll stick it in the auction and we'll put it in for 20 grand. I mean, we paid 40. Would you rather do 20 grand now or 20, or grand, 20 in grand in nine With all the work. <laughs> <laughs> aggravation. And he said, You know, 20, a uh, 50-50. I went, Yeah, he went, 50-50 means 50-50 profit or loss. So I was on for a 10,000 pound loss before I even started. And I thought, Oh, shit, I've made a real cock up here. And then and it went to auction and uh, it landed up selling for 52,750. And and in that moment, uh, a strategy was born because I thought, Oh, what happened there? And my brain goes 100 miles an hour thinking, room full of people cheap looking house really cheap guy price wow so i've looked at richard and we had about four or five bits coming in and i said you know the rest of them he said i'm ahead of you mate don't worry So said we're going to put more in auction <laughs> <laughs> and that was it and then we've been doing it ever since and 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 we still do it to this this day still works, same formula uh, nice. sometimes i might enhance them by trashing them a bit more on the outside because they don't look too nice going into an auction because if you see a nice house in auction, do you think you're going to buy it cheap? No.
0: Not. Well, and you want to... And there's a the whole thing... Just, you know, think about what I would think and be like, what's wrong with it? What what can't I see? Why is it in the auction?
1: Why aren't they yeah, selling it yeah. normally? There is, it looks like, crap. You've, you you know why it's in there. So, yeah. So that, so that, that that's what I've been doing. Um, it, it, this, this industry affords me a wonderful life where... I've acted like since, since 1996 is when we started doing this. I've acted like, a I uh, I can semi-retired, you know, I, I do what I want when I want. I've got, uh, the freedom to, to choose to go and do what I want. And it, this business allows me to sit on a beach and do what I do or sit in this office or mm. I'll do what I want. And, uh, I've, I've uh, I've had some challenges in the last 10 years. I think I mentioned to you earlier, okay. my, my son, my youngest, um, came out in 2012, said uh, that I want to, I'm a woman uh, trapped in a man's body. Okay. And she decided to take the, the plunge. She was six foot six. So you imagine that six foot six kid deciding that she wants to be a woman. So she stuck out like a sore thumb anyway, bless her.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then uh, she became Zoe instead of Harry, and and she had our life was fraught with her mental health issues, and and then late last year she couldn't cope any longer and and took her own life. So we've had that to deal with, uh, which is tough. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but you know, through it all, I've got a wonderful family that was very tight. My my oldest daughter, and my stepson, and, and I've now got grandchildren. Mm-hmm. But it takes. Takes a lot out of you, makes you reevaluate life um, mm. and, and ask yourself certain questions. You know, what's what's more important? Mm. Um, and um, so that's where I've got to so far, really.
2: Mm. Mm.
0: It's massive, isn't it? What life throws at us and what we deal with. I mean, just you know, i my kids are two and four, so I'm at the beginning end of said parenting journey. Mm. Um, and it's just huge. It's like we can't control what's going to happen. There's been a story in Wales this just this weekend of uh, th- I think it was five kids, and they it's made national press now. They went out on Friday night and they were in a car crash and no one found them till I think Monday. So they were reported to the police, but three three of them dead. Mm. Um, and it just you know it really got me. I was like, geez, you just you know you think oh they're grown up now they'll be all right you know. It's not you know, I lost my brother when I think we must have i think we must have mm. met before the shit show that happened in both our lives mm. Um, mm. possibly uh you know it's that whole Chris my brother dying in a cycling accident, you know mm. things I worried about for him, you know he's two years younger than me I didn't worry about that ironically, mm. um, you know getting that phone call it's just you know um, so yeah. have, what what do you what do you take looking back? Like, is it, are you far enough away from the journey in time and sort of dealing with it now to look back? And what do you say to people who are dealing with it? Like, what would you say to other parents who are dealing with a similar thing? Like, what?
1: It's funny because, because one of the reasons why we're on here today is I've done a podcast recently and I've done three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've done one about resilience and I did another one about extreme loss. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I actually talk about that in, in, mm-hmm in that podcast and and it's this everyone's different uh, everyone deals a bit differently I, I was shocked at how i dealt with it i would I, I i was expecting myself to be when my grandmother died you know in quiet moments i'll have a little cry and 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 you know it's just sad but but when it's one of your kids you know, I, I can't express how tough that is, mm. um, but I saw I saw pictures on TV when you see these poor mums in the Middle East when they lose their kids, and you see them screaming and howling and and, and wailing. And I was yeah. like that. I was I was when they knocked on the door, the police officers. I saw the police car. I actually went for a walk with a dog, and as I left my house, I thought it's unusual to see a police car around here. Very unusual. Oh, um, anyone? And I look, as i looked back i could see them parked outside by my house uh so i quickly took the dog for brought them back and let mm. them in the car so i thought they must be either in my house or something and i'm thinking what have i done what have i done because <laughs> <laughs> when oh, i was a kid what have I done? All the yeah, coppers one. So well, natural, though, isn't it? When you see a police person. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was a naughty kid, so uh, that was that was one of my fears. Anyway, so uh, I bowled in, um, and they they told me, mm. and it wasn't a, su- a surprise, um, but it was a complete shock. It was just a. Yeah. a Uh, like a freight train hit me and for the past the previous 10 days um, we'd had warning that she was in a a bad way and I brought her home uh, 10 days beforehand uh, and then um, got her Back on track, and we this this was a common theme. You know, she'd go down, and uh, I'd come and pick her up. And, and was she that.
0: living on her own? Did she have her own place? Or? She had her
1: own yeah. flat over in Reading, and, and she's very yeah. independent. Uh, and, and so, every now and again, I say every now and again, but once every probably one or two years, she'd come back here, recharge herself, because,
2: mm.
1: and then then she'd actually go back back home. Uh, and so, I thought I got her to a good place before I took her home. Uh, and I was a bit apprehensive about leaving her because she'd threatened it 10 days before.
2: Mm.
1: Um, but she, um, she passed in a very peaceful way. Um, and when they told me, I, 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 my, my immediate reaction was, did she suffer? Um, mm. She'd already told me that she'd worked out how she was going to go. I'm not going to tell you how she went. Because
3: no. Yeah.
1: Any, anyone watching this, if they are in a vulnerable position, it could give them ideas. Um, yeah. And, and you know,
0: one of, the, one of the biggest barriers to suicide is actually if the methods are taken away. So I really appreciate you saying that because actually, when, when people know that there is a quote unquote easy way, I'd say
1: people like that, but I think people want to know sometimes. I think it's terrible, really. But, but I think because it was such an effective method, uh, that's the reason why I don't want to. Um, sure.
0: And, just- and what a gift to you that you know she didn't suffer, right? Like, the, there's got to be some, you yeah, know, Jesus, there's not a lot of great in someone passing. <laughs> exactly. And if there could be some.
1: And, and that's the interesting thing, because uh, that's, your point was how do to, you how to deal with it? And, and that was, that's the point I'm trying to get to now, really, which is, she done it in a way where she organized everything she left um, uh, memory sticks, so memory sticks um, with all her favorite music on photos and letters to everyone and these letters my letter was six pages long a detailed explanation of what she thought about her dad. Uh, she couldn't ask for a better dad, father friend or mentor. I saved her life on multiple occasions, picked her up when she wanted to lay down and die and made a stronger person. And uh, and and she said to me one phrase that, that I've held on to and, and 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 that phrase was if anyone can take a shit situation and turn it into something we're fighting for, that's my dad. Well, uh, okay. And I repeat that to myself on a regular basis, you know, probably daily. Um because the first place I went to, because when someone's taken their own, I don't like the word suicide.
2: Mm. and
1: so You'll hear me say my daughter took her own life. Mm. Uh, because I think suicide, if, if someone's committed suicide, it committed sounds like they've done something wrong, um, mm. where she took her own life, she decided to end it. You know, that's, that was her choice
2: the mm.
1: first thing I was—I I find most people do is they go into, I, I did it that's my fault for letting her go back, yeah, I could have saved her uh, mm. and then when I got a letter I realised I, I couldn't she she explained her reasoning behind how she did it and she apologised for literally blagging me, she said I lied barefaced lied to your dad I had every intention of going back and doing it wow, so uh, but the letter gave me solace. And yeah, but it did. All,
3: yeah,
1: and through it all, I'm looking for something positive I can cling to from this. Uh, and so there's that mantra of, if anyone can take a shit situation, that's what I hold. I hold the, 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 the thought that I know that uh, she didn't suffer. Uh, yeah. it, I had a detailed explanation of why. Mm-hmm. And I went to a a meeting for survivors of bereaved suicide Mm. and around that room people were talking about they didn't know why they were asking questions there there, there was one woman whose son rung her two hours before he took his own life and she's got to live with the fact that had she taken the call or been there to take the call could she have saved his life and and mm-hmm. it must be really challenging for someone because they're going to live with that guilt for the rest of their life. And, mm-hmm. and somebody else was estranged from their kid and said that, you know, they wanted to go and knock on their door. And then they got a letter saying, well, actually, I wished I'd have made an effort. And so that woman knows if she have knocked on the door, she'd have got a response. Uh, so mm-hmm. it, it could have been so much worse. So I'm looking at... What, how can you find something positive in someone dying? It's very difficult to do that, but you have to find something. You have to mm-hmm. find. It. It's like your brother. It's mm. the memories that you have with him. Um, it's them. It's them precious moments you cling to, because mm. it's tragic. He's gone. You know, mm. Zoe's, Zoe's gone, and, and and you have to find some sort of meaning in it. Some sort of yeah. well. Yeah, your your brother died what he loved doing yeah you know and he
0: he really did and it and it's it's that thing i think that the thing that that gave me a huge amount and you you're you're kind of alluding to it here but just to be really explicit about it and dr john martini talks about it in all his work is that everything in this world is balanced Mm -hmm. so however horrific it is there is just as much greatness but it's our job to find it i believe Through adversity
1: comes positivity. That's my nature.
0: They're not not separate. It's like if the people Mm. that have been through the biggest shit, like what you've been through with Zoe is just massive. Mm. So what Mm. comes out of it for the positive Mm. is huge. And I, I think people don't always find that. I think the people that are left devastated ongoingly, it's because they haven't kind of uncovered the light almost. It's like they're just still yeah. in the dark and they don't realise yeah,
1: it's, so it, 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 it's funny you say that because I was I was explaining this to someone the other day and they said, you know, because I, I honestly yesterday I had a really bad day. Really, really shit day. My wife asked me, how are you doing? I was like crying. Um, but I have more good days than shit days now. Yeah. Um, and i was about to say something and, and oh yeah that was so light so we so thinking. the the pain is part of life mm. suffering is optional mm. and to cling to the negativity of someone passing rather than the, the positives or the meaning then you're suffering unnecessarily mm. Uh, mm. And, and suffering through choice some people make that the the story of their life like you could I didn't know your brother died in a cycle accident you probably didn't I might have mentioned it in my book about my mum dying when I was a kid but I don't go around telling everybody it's not the no, story of know. my life it's yeah. even it's, though it was again positivity out of that came from allowing me to be independent yeah. because I've not got my mother's you know, I'm not clinging to my mum as a little kid you know so yeah. you, you have that severance of the apron strings enabled me to emotionally stand on my own two feet and not worry about what people think because I'm not attached to, to, to all that, had that nurturing. So I think, um, so suffering is optional. And and I realized that, and and I wanted to suffer to start with, because I wanted to grieve my, for my daughter. And I wanted to stay in that space because what I wasn't prepared for, and, and this is something, I don't know if you, you found it with your brother, but, uh, when something traumatic happens, it's like a bomb going off, and you've got this shock wave that's three hundred and sixty degrees, and yes. that affects your past, it affects your present, it affects your future, it makes it affects decisions that you make, you mm-hmm. know, because of what's happened. It's affecting yeah. your present because obviously this is, is you're living in the present, but it also affects your past. So, if, uh, my my mother passed. I never grieved for my mother, and I had this grieving process for two people. In fact, mm. three because I didn't grieve for for Harry because I lost mm. my son lost when, it, yeah. when when Harry became Zoe. So there mm. was all these facets of grief that that and I equate it to uh, Pandora's box. Like ever seen um, Raiders of the Lost Ark? No. Never seen Raiders of the Lost Ark. No. Not I'm gonna I write
0: it down though. I feel like yeah. I
1: need to. Yeah. You <laughs> Uh, and, and they've got the Ark of the Covenant, um, which is a, a, you know, um, a sacred box, uh, and and it, it, that's where I used to put all my bad shit. Right, it was all in that pa- in yeah. that, that box, right? Yeah. when the lid over there. Dumb, it never comes up, and, and <laughs> if it did come up, then I would I would either distract myself from something or I'll stop going there.
3: Mm-hmm. Very,
1: very, very, very few times I'd, I'd been there. And um, even in counselling, for, for years I—I I say not years, but years ago—I had counselling, and, and and they couldn't get anywhere near it. But as soon as Zoe passed, it was like the box had opened, and and, and this power came out, and and just consumed me. Mm. And um, and it was it was difficult to deal with, really difficult. And 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 I knew I had to go through that process of, and I I never do this. If you look at my feeds from previous uh, years, my social feeds, it was never about personal stuff. Mm. And this is the first time I ever put on my social media post mm. um, that my daughter had passed away, my trans daughter had passed away, took her own life, um, their funeral was at so-and-so, uh, please let anyone know. It's the first time I've ever, used, I've ever done anything like that. Ever, ever, mm. and I publicly, I, I publicly talk about it on podcasts now because it's part of my healing process. And I realise I can't run from it anymore. I mm. I've got to face it, and one of the face, one way to face it is to talk about it. Yeah. You know, you can sit in a therapy room, but if I I, I, I had a text message from someone who'd watched one of my podcasts and said uh, it, it just it gave me a lift, and and it's made a huge difference to them. So not yeah. only am I getting something out of it, other people are as well. So
0: yeah.
1: Wow,
0: and it's it's in that sharing, isn't it? It's 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 in the world of the stuff that's just not talked about as humans. We don't talk about the pain and how hard things are, and you know what grieving's like. You know that was a really good analogy of well, we see women, you know, wailing on TV, but for you to actually say that's what it was like, like it was fucking (laughs) horrific, like. It's like we don't we don't see that on social media where everything's beautified and everything's perfect. You know, I remember giving giving birth, going, "Fuck, that was messy." <laughs> gave birth at home as well, so it was like extra messy because you know in the hospital it's all like have a, the ability Ooh. to clean up quickly. Well, a bedroom carpet that's gone, that's wrecked. <laughs> and it's like this this weird. I mean, I don't know, I'd, yeah, I sort of see it across everywhere, you know, even because I, I used to be a chef, so I'm like Ooh. with food, you know, like. then now, now
1: you reminded me, you you used to be a chef, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when I was that.
0: in London, I was cooking for a Saudi family as their yeah, private yeah. chef, and yeah. it's like, there's something about life today where mm. we don't talk about the mess, and it doesn't mm. matter whether it's a pre-packaged diced up chicken breast that people scoop into a pan and don't dare touch rather than actually having a chicken and cutting mm-hmm.
3: it up, which is just mm-hmm.
0: normal because I'm a chef, right? So it's no big mm-hmm. deal. But I've got people who've watched me do that go, oh my God, how can you do that? I'm like, how can you not do that?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Then, like giving birth, I was like, oh my God, this is ridiculously messy. Why did no one tell me there be a <laughs> lot of <laughs> fucking oh. <laughs> Like it was just horrific hmm. you know you only have to see the baby come out and everyone goes oh and it's kind of a bit icky. they don't tell you about the pints of gone <laughs> come out <laughs> and it's this yeah. and you
1: know like i did, say- there is there is a certain element of not talking about certain things i, I the one the other one is yeah. where, which is which i'll be going down a route um which will lead me on to sort uh, of another subject we he was talking about earlier but um the mental health issue that that, that Zoe experienced, um, yeah. the, the, the bipolar, the the um, manic depression, and mm. the ups and downs that she suffered in the last ten years of her life, mm. uh, is, is it's not spoken about mental health. Yeah, you know, I, I would have, I, I've got to hold my hands up because uh, <laughs> when you when you one of your kids are going through it, it makes you have a very different view on things and you realize that mental health is actually a quite a serious thing and in my day when i was younger i used to bang people up in institutions you know if they were uh you know mentally stable or they they weren't coping very well you got sectioned and and you got sectioned over the silliest little things so yeah. Now now we're trying we, we're not locking people up and we're trying to deal with uh, people and, and the population is getting bigger and it's worse on social media because people are exposed to, as you mentioned, these wonderful lives that people have got. You know, look at me, look at me. Yeah. It's all through a filter, it's all through a mm. and most of it's bullshit. We know that. They're trying to and
0: even knowing it makes no difference though, even knowing that it's bullshit, our brains when we're Seeing it, it's like we know it's bullshit, but it still affects us. We think everyone else is having a great life, and we're struggling. It, it's a yeah. It's I, think, a... I think in general,
1: the general public do think like that. I don't. Mm. I, I won't allow myself to think that way because yeah. I, I, I I see it for what it is. But um, you're right. I think I think the, the and and it, it's all about people getting their dopamine hits from likes and and, and interaction on their posts and and if, and if someone doesn't agree with them or or gives a bad comment it affects people and it and mm. it's a sad situation really that that, that we are in so so i want to raise the mental health um issue I, i'm not going to bang on the trans issue because um even though she was uh, transgender that was her choice um I think what more of what was more of a problem for her was her mental health. Um, so um, she first came out. So he first came out uh, when she lived in Canterbury when she was at university and her university yeah. digs. She came out said, "I want to be a woman. I want to be known as, as Zoe." Yeah. Uh, so that was the birth of Zoe in in Canterbury, and then she died in Reading. So yeah. I'm an avid cyclist. So one of the cycling things I'm going to be doing for charity. And I think there's two charities that I want to ride for. One's Mind and another one's called Papyrus, which is a um, mm-hmm. um, uh, prevention of, of suicide in young, young adults. And, mm-hmm. and, and that goes up to 35 and down. Uh, and, and I'm going to do, it's, it's 125 miles. Mm-hmm. and We're going to probably stop off in Forest Gate, where she lived for a little while. Because um, I, I, I I'll do it in one hit, but I, I appreciate that. People will probably have to do it in two minutes, like sixty-five yeah, yeah. one day and, and sixty the next. And so mm. that, that's what I want to do f- for charity because that's mm. my passion. Is is, is uh, I'm a bike rider, and and, and uh, so I can use my own passion to fuel um, some some um, charity work. You know. So, um,
0: and what what. So what's interesting to me, I, I'm I'm listening to, I'm not reading, because I, I listen to audiobooks. I'm listening to Gabor Mate's book, Myth of Normal. Have you heard of that? It's just It's just, it's like he says everything that is missing. He's a trauma specialist mm. and he's talking about mental health, but he's talking about it in a way of our mental health services, often doctors have know we have medicine available to us and rarely ask why why is this person dealing like why are these symptoms here and it's just it's just beautiful and it's like for me that's what's often missing is we're not you know we're not dealing with that actually the symptoms or the things that people are dealing with are normal Based on whatever it is that's triggering them, you know, it's like there's there's still, and there's still for me in the mental health conversation. Mm-hmm. It's like, like there's something wrong rather than actually just going. That's freaking normal considering what you're dealing with. Like if,
2: mm-hmm.
0: if Harry's dealing with wanting to be Zoe, there's a whole world there of like mm-hmm. that's real tough. So of course there's some outputs that get labelled, you know, depression and mm-hmm. whatever else. Well, they, they they
1: they medicated her uh, and, yeah. and they even tried to medicate me actually because. After she went, about four weeks after, um, I, I was having pains in the chest and my and, and arms. And,
2: yeah.
1: um, uh, I was, and it was an anxiety attack. That's all it was. But I didn't know that. My wife didn't know that. So she rung um, 111. They immediately called an ambulance. Uh, which then triggers a a, a note to the doctor and the doctor made an appointment, phone appointment said, I think you should medicate yourself. I said, I don't want to medicate myself. I'm all right. Then I went to see the mental health nurse and she's going, I think you should medicate yourself. Mm -hmm. So they push that agenda. They do push that agenda because it's easy for them. But here's, here's the thing. It's it's funny because we're talking about this mental health issues. I've had mental health issues myself all my life because of my upbringing and it's normalized. It's normalized in my life is, you know, and when Zoe first came out and she, she she tried to commit suicide the first time, um mm. uh, she tried to to slash her wrists. Mm. Uh and, and and she told me afterwards she didn't have she said her words, I didn't have the bollocks to do it, because it hurt too much, right? But she got so far and there was blood everywhere. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and so that was her first cry for help. Oh dear, sorry about that yeah I, I thought you were covering your head up <laughs> no i'm not i'm putting a scarf
0: on i didn't put i didn't like my fire this morning which was a mistake mm. it's a bit chilly so i am just put the scarf on
1: <laughs> so when so when, when when i got the phone call uh and like to come i was i think i was in Portland at the time come back rushing back and uh and she wouldn't speak to me for ages uh because she didn't know how i was going to respond
2: yeah
1: when she told me look that i'm a i'm a Woman trapped in a man's body, and and I want to be known as Zoe. And I just said, look, I don't care how you turn up, you're my kid, and that's the end of it. Mm. And I was talking in London at the time, and I was at Green Park Station, Tube Station, and the train was coming in the station, and as it was coming in, I felt myself right on the edge, and thought, oh, and I went, what the fuck am I doing? I went, oh. Anyway, so I'm, I'm a trained Samaritan, mm. and I haven't I haven't practiced for for probably about the best part of. Twenty years now, uh, yeah. fifteen years, um, and so I, I spoke to a couple of people in my close circle who went, "Oh, damn me! Don't be um, What's the word, selfish." I, I can't talk to them. Like, there's no way I'm going to talk to them because you can't say that to someone just because they've turned around and said, oh, "I was going to step in front of a train." Yeah. And then when I spoke to the Samaritans. I knew I, I ring them. And I knew they wouldn't judge me. Mm. they would let me talk through it because being yeah. trained in Samarit- uh, as a Samaritan I knew they, they yeah. just let me talk and then once I talked it through I realised what it was I didn't want to feel the same pain as I did as a child it was in that box yeah. so for that split second it was it would stop Yeah, because Zoe was the closest thing that would get to it because yeah. I had a reference point when I was a child it can never be as bad as losing my mum Hmm. Right, going back to what we were saying about earlier about you know how do you make sense of it it can never be as bad as that until Zoe went. and then when Zoe went, it, it was worse. But, it's, yeah. one it's one of your kids. So so that's I think there's a lot of things around um, people don't understand what look, I was fortunate. that I unpicked it and knew what it was. So when it happened, when Zoe did go,
3: Mm.
1: there were a couple of times I wouldn't ride my bike because I was thinking Mm. I might be too close on the edge of just, Mm. I don't, I have no intention of taking my own life, none whatsoever, but there were flitting thoughts and people have them flitting thoughts and beat themselves up for having them and don't understand why they're having them. And and, I think Mm. that's a a conversation we need to have Mm. and say that this is not normal, but if you've had a tough life, it can mm. be understandable. That's the question. Be, yeah. The be key, understandable. When you understand yeah. something, it can be easier to deal with. Mm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting. I had um, Amy on the podcast, and Amy and I, we were chefs together at Raymond Blanc's restaurant. And, mm. you know, we'd done a lot of hard, long grafting hours. Course, and yeah. we both shared, and it was really interesting because we'd been friends for 20 years. Mm. And um, we actually, on that podcast, both went, yeah, I thought it'd be easier to crash the car than go to carry on going to work. And mm. it's that. It was that like
3: mm. being so
0: exhausted and the relentlessness of the work and not wanting to give it up and not knowing what to do otherwise and just thinking, oh, it'd just be easier, it'd be easier mm. to be gone.
1: That, mm. that's the
0: underlying mm. thought, isn't it? Be mm. easier to Easiest be gone.
1: Problem. Yeah, the deal pain will go with away. Yeah, aggravation will go away. Whatever yeah. you're dealing with goes away. But and 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 how did you cope with that at the time? what, what did you do at the time? Um,
0: I, so I had a few bouts while I was a chef of, of like real burnout of just not being able to function, having to leave a job, go home, you know, go back to my parents' house, um, which in and of itself was tricky because I'd left home at 15 and didn't really, you know, that whole didn't want to go home, but actually had nowhere else to go type stuff.
1: <laughs> and
0: that, that, I, I basically I took some time off and I so would be just charged,
1: basically that's what you did back in
0: again right but each time I did it I think there was there was definitely two there might have been three occasions where I'd go to the doctor exhausted you know I couldn't hold it together I'd be crying at the, in the doctor's just going I'm so tired I just need some time mm. off i knew what I needed mm. but of course, I was in a job so needed to have effectively a sick note right to say mm. exhausted like you know it wasn't enough for me to go I'm fucking exhausted mm. and, um, every time they try and put me on antidepressants similar mm. story right it's like mm. oh we'll put we'll, we'll give you a prescription I, was like, I don't need a prescription I need sleep I had I, mm. I think I'm I was lucky enough to sort of know that I don't know I've always been my mum was a nurse I'm a bit anti pharmaceuticals you know my husband laughs because he's like well you took enough of them when you were young you know took a lot of drugs when i was young but not the prescription kind
1: yeah. oh, that's, <laughs> so, <different>. that's self-medication <laughs>
0: Self-medication, right yeah i did it with speed when i was a teenager and then lsd and an ecstasy as well you know I've done it all to to escape mm-hmm. and there was just it was almost like i didn't do drugs anymore and i also knew that doing that wouldn't help because i knew that taking, although it is short term it doesn't help mm-hmm. And I say no I don't want a prescription I want sleep and then there was a, a level to which by the time I was I say 22 I started in the whole personal development world and coaching and reading so I had a level of support
3: mm. that was
0: you know other than being offered drugs but
3: yeah. mm.
0: the doctor never once offered me therapy or coaching mm. you know mm. if I just sat with a therapist back then who'd unpicked well, why do you work so hard? What are you trying to prove? Who are you trying to prove it to? All the stuff I, you know, I know the answers to this now, right? But it's like there was a there was a missing in that actually just having the conversations. Well, why are you burnt out? Why are you so exhausted? What yeah. is it? How are you creating this? Um, it's
1: it's funny because I I did a, um, a, a podcast myself about something that a little tangent that comes off of that, which was mm. I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine and similar scenario. It wasn't, it wasn't a chef, but he was completely burnt out of work. Mm. I've got to go to work. I said, You haven't got to go to work. He said, I have, I've got to.
0: That's what we used to say. Used to Unless work. we were dying, we have to go to work. Yeah. And I mean, literally dying, like in hospital.
1: So I said to him, Okay, so um, what choice have you got then? He went, None. I said, sure. He said, yeah, I've got no choice. I've got to go to work. And the reason I've got to go, to work, I'd lose my job or I would, you know, if I lost my job, I wouldn't be able to pay the mortgage.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and so therefore I've got to go. And I said, well, actually, that is the choice.
2: Hmm.
1: And he went, what do you mean? I said, well, you, if you, 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 you can choose not to go,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but you don't like the consequences okay. of that choice. Mm. so when you realize that actually i don't want that that consequence so that i'm not going to take that choice so i choose to go in rather than not go in and you mm. realize that you're doing it for a reason because you do, you don't want the alternative then that makes a difference to your attendance when you you, you attend work, uh, your work and mm. he went mm, um, i can sort of see it and, and once he grasped it he went in and everybody's attitude changed towards him because he would changed his attitude. Yeah. He's not there anymore because he thinks he has to be. Mm. He has no choice. He's realizing he's making that choice to go in. So he campaigned the mortgage and take the kids to, you know, to, on holiday and buy them nice presents. He's there for that reason. The next choice is, do I want to be there or somewhere else? I.e., do I want to change my job? That's a different choice. Yeah, you've got that choice if you want it, but you don't have to look at it. I've got to do it. And if you actually look at the ones that really, really love the job they do, in especially in chefing and in, in cooking, mm. they're passionate. They'll work 20 hours a day, right? They And they're so driven because they really want to be there as yeah. opposed to, um, I, I like the idea of being there, but actually... Don't want to be there. Don't want to be there. Because that was I, probably the choice that you was looking at is you didn't really want to be there, but you did want to be there, but you didn't.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I remember vividly when we were at, we were at Raymond Blanc's and Malmocat's day's on, and the, it was when the working time directive came in, and, and HR were trying to tell us who worked 80 <laughs> to 90 hours a week that Don't we were only what? allowed to work 48. And oh we God. were outraged. We were like you can't stop us doing what we love. Uh, and, then, so, and then the whole thing about signing out of the work time directive came in. So then we we're all fine. We we're like fucking queuing up to sign this form. Like, don't stop <laughs> us it's getting our fix from our work addictions. I now yeah, know, yeah, you know, look at that. But yeah, just, I, you know, and I would say that's that's ultimately what I loved what I did. And there was a whole work addiction thing wrapped up in it. You know, I'd done drugs, I'd smoked, I drank. I, I, I think work... Being in kitchen saved me from drugs. I swapped one for the other.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I'm the same. Yeah, I'm the same. So I didn't I've, need
0: to. Go, I didn't need to take the drugs.
1: Yeah, I didn't take the drugs, but I, I, I drank alcohol for for it was my way of probably escaping uh, at the time. And mm. you know, it's, it, it. I I now I've replaced it with with biking. You know, yeah, I'll be bike now. Yeah, yeah. so, I'll do it too excessive. You know, I I I don't do things by halves. I never have done, and uh, so. When when I, I remember when I first got involved in riding a bike, yeah. it was 2016, and I've always been reasonably fittish with gyms. I used to attend gyms, and I, I taught myself to swim. I remember taking my youngest, my oldest daughter Victoria, she used to take her to swimming lessons, and I was watching watching how they were drilling into her and getting her to to, to you know. Um, front crawl and and bilateral breathing so she'd breathe both sides you know left and right Mm -hmm. and then I I used to go swimming in the mornings and I'd teach myself to swim properly because I couldn't swim properly I'd swim like someone someone stuck me in the washing machine you know Uh, so I actually taught myself to swim really well Uh, Mm -hmm. so I'd go and do sort of 50 60 lengths of a morning before going to work so I was reasonably fit yeah but what was in the back of my mind, uh, in, all all through that, was I couldn't run. And when I was a kid, I used to run hundred yards, fall down the floor, asthma attack, and I used to get picked on for it. And I think I mentioned yeah, earlier, I, I was the last one to be picked as a kid. Yeah. And I had this thing in my head that I wanted to to overcome this running scenario. So I decided that the easiest way, and, and I bought <laughs> weird. I bought a flat off plan, and I. I even though I trade um, properties through auction, I have diversified a few times. And we used to buy um, off plan when they first start a site and you'd pick a plot and say, right, that's going to be a lovely flat because it's overlooking the rest of the buildings and it's going to be peekabooing up the river and all that sort of stuff. So you pick your, your unit early so you'd get a, you know, a decent price. And by the time they'd gone through building it, there were probably 20 30 grand more mm. in, in nine or 10 months time and we bought this flat on rochester esplanade and they gave you a free bike right? and this this, this bike was honestly it was a partnership and it was <laughs> quid, right uh and anyway so i i picked this bike up and i oh, used that bike and I'd have a little knock about it was yeah so i let little knock about on the bike and didn't think anything about riding it and and whether it's any good or not i just just jump on it and ride it so i had a bike and i could swim and i thought well, i'm gonna put myself in for a triathlon yeah. and then uh, and i don't remember going, i didn't i didn't do a sprint i went for olympic distance so so you're talking about a mile and a half swim uh, um a, a 40k bike ride and a and yeah. a, and, and a a 10k run. Mm-hmm. Didn't think anything of it, thought I'd be all right and nearly killed myself trying to do it, but realized I was actually quite good at the biking scenario. Right. Yeah. I was, I, I thought I was a good swimmer until I went to mm. a, a triathlon club and realized that I was, I was a good swimmer, but I wasn't a good swimmer. If that sense. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In that, in that yeah.
1: setting. <laughs> but I was really good on a bike. And so, That that started a journey off for me on 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 typical me. Uh, I'm not going to do it by halves. I don't do things by halves. So Mm -hmm. I now go and buy myself a decent bike, which was fifteen hundred pound. Rode around that for a while, and I actually used that for the triathlon. Mm -hmm. And then thought, actually, and I was I was looking into the sport generally. And the the more you go down that rabbit hole, the more you realise, well, I can't have that bike because it hasn't got this on it, it hasn't got that on it, and the wheels aren't as good. And before you know it, I'm buying bikes like they're going out of fashion. So now I've got four bikes. Yeah. One's on an indoor trainer indoors, which is uh, an older bike, which I used to – I bought it on eBay, a piece of crap, uh, the the bike, not the trainer, Uh, Mm -hmm. and I rebuilt it from scratch so I could teach myself bike maintenance. i had a a, my phone in the in the garage i had this crappy old bike it was lots of components needed to be changed watched a load of youtube videos and taught myself how to do bike maintenance and now i can strip a bike down you know in 20 minutes and Mm -hmm. and then we put it back together again in no time and so i've got a a bike from a trainer i've got what they call a gravel bike which goes off road so yeah with a gravel bike i've got a winter bike which you know, I go. Uh, in, if it's raining, I go out on the wind. You know, with mud guards on it, and I've got mm. my passionate speed machine that I take out on summer days and and when I want to go really fast. Mm. And, and so, it's it, I've I've replaced my drinking days with exercise, which is you know yeah. bizarre, really, because mm.
2: um,
1: yeah. So so now I'm avid avid bike rider
2: mm.
0: it's massive though isn't it i mean it's like there's there's just a whole world of we can, can get the same
1: can we pause this video or, or does we have to continue live or
0: uh, we're live but we can go we can we can mute and go off video we... and then come back I just, again. i just
1: need to go to the restroom quickly yes so. absolutely no
0: problem at all all we do is we will just we'll go remove like this And we're back oh,
2: that's, the thing that.
0: with log, that's the thing with log pot no it's fine i was like yes what a great idea i'm gonna go too <laughs> that's the only yeah. downside of a joe rogan style podcast that goes on for a couple of hours is you know it, it needs restroom breaks <laughs>
1: yes 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 so yeah so i've replaced my uh, my addictions without uh with, with exercise so that's that's because i don't drink at all now uh at all yeah to- a yeah. uh, total for 17 years now yeah, um, and uh, but I, it, it's it, it's a I think it's if you have got a, a tendency to be taking things to the uh, uh, the mm-hmm. limit, you know, if we if we if we if we're, if we're, if we're um, trying to change the way they uh, we, we we feel, you're better off doing it in a positive way rather than a negative way because it's easy to go yeah. down the the alcohol route, or and, and a lot of a lot of people are nowadays. Um, probably grabbing a beer after work or a glass of wine or something like that, and it becomes a, a bit of a habit. And before you know it, they, they're doing it too often. But that's yeah, a, well, and
0: a, on a, on a, on a, such a normalised scale, you know, coffee yeah. in the morning to wake up, sugar yeah. in tea and coffee all day, alcohol yeah, yeah, at yeah. the end of the night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's legal and it's normal, so it must be okay. But actually, yeah. that is a massive pacifier through the day yeah, of yeah. caffeine to wake up sugar to feel okay to do whatever we're doing alcohol at night to sort of calm down or you know let go of the day and it, it's huge mean, it's huge absolutely huge I mean we, we I don't I'm not teetotal but I rare you know I rarely drink once a month mm. and I'm at mm. a glass of wine you know it's now and again I think oh I fancy a glass of wine if I'm cooking steak type thing but mm. certainly not how I used to you know I used to drink all the time every night after work
1: mm. you know it was
0: normal in catering as well. We'd all
3: go to the pub. Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. The, 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 the estate agency was like that, very much like that. It was a drinking culture mm. in the 1980s. Uh, you know, yeah. you have a good day and go down the pub. Have a bad day, you go down the pub. Celebrating, go down the pub. So it's a little bit of con- social conditioning in a way because uh, mm. that's what people do. And uh, and and the thing is that since the 1980s, the laws have changed, and it's. You, you, you can go home now buy a bottle of JD and instead of getting a little tiny measure, you can pour yourself a decent measure, you know, and, and, yeah. and people are drinking more now than they ever have done. So yeah, different, different world. But and different and world.
0: it and I think it also speaks to how people are feeling, you know, yes. it's like, cause actually if I look at, you know, what I do, I think the interesting, the interesting switch in addictions that that's yes. certainly happened to me and it sounds like it's happened for you is, I can't remember the lady's name. She's written a book about addiction. And with, with things like drinking, smoking, sugar, alcohol, harder drugs, whatever, mm. we get the high first and then we get the low. Whereas when you go cycling, there's a level to which you've got to do the hard first to get the euphoria of the like, mm. I've done it. It's, that, it's funny, you
1: know. Uh, I, I, I'm an L.P. practitioner and i learned some really great techniques in, in LLP. And when I was doing my indoor training, for for my rides outside uh, i would link pleasurable things to doing really hard sessions and the, the great thing about indoor trainers nowadays they're smart so they link up to all your devices and you can watch a video of a bike race that, and they, and it's affecting the power numbers on your, your indoor trainer and it affects the resistance and stuff like that so i don't mm. even have to think about what i need to do except pedal and just keep to the numbers on the screen and so when there's a really hard mountain to, 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 to climb on this, this app, mm. I'm linking in my head pleasurable experiences. I'm not going to tell you what they are. Pleasurable experiences mm. to riding up that hill. Now, my mates, they see. we went to uh, the Alps last year. A friend of mine's got a ski chalet in the Alps. Yeah. And we went there in the summer. And we were, we were doing routes that the Tour de France would go through real mm. hard times like 14 kilometers of of of, of going uphill at eight percent and it's, it's brutal, brutal. brutal. Yeah. And, and my mates are suffering they're really suffering and i'm going up there like there's no tomorrow <laughs> I'm linked up to pleasurable things to get in pains in <laughs> my legs going up these these these, these mountains so you mm. can trick your brain if you want to into um getting pleasurable experiences from things that aren't pleasurable or, or aren't as good for you up the front end and they are the, in the back end. So, cause I've linked up, uh, I, I, look at alcohol and this, this is my, I, I, I see it. And this is only my view. This is, this, yeah, is, yeah. Not, this is not uh, an,
0: an, an opinion of how anything. it is. It's how you've come yeah, away yeah. from it. Right.
1: Uh, and I looked at, I would, I wouldn't say to you, um, fancy guy doing a, a, a you know a, a bit of heroin do you go out and get absolutely smashed on heroin heroin you go no I'm <laughs> do that. that's ridiculous <laughs> what's wrong I'm with you sir get absolutely <laughs> smashed no well heroin's doing the same thing as alcohol it's biochemical bio- change in your body and and it releases di- it, you, You're chasing the same thing The difference is your um, What's the word I'm looking for Your threshold is different To the person who fancies Doing heroin because they don't Give a shit, they're down there Because their threshold is there A normal drinker's threshold will be here Although I should say yeah. the threshold is up And, and, and my, I, I, I don't want to So I linked it up to heroin and so i wouldn't do heroin so i don't do alcohol and that's how i did it simple as that because i i'm a great believer in controlling your brain rather than brain controlling me and if you don't take control of what's inside your between your ears an advertiser will or social media will or or, or something else will control you we are bombarded every day with uh subliminal messages from advertisers or from governments or from from wherever it is so they're, they're well, all even your partners,
0: right that even yeah, if, you, yeah, if, you, yeah. if you bring it right down to within your home yeah. partners yeah. and this whole story about i've you know i used to have a story that i was controlled by people it was like no i wasn't i set it all up <laughs> used to used to say yeah whatever you think and yeah i'll do whatever you want and, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and then i used to go, oh my god i'm being controlled it's like no
1: Oh, you love it, it. Yeah, yeah, Like yeah, set yeah. It up
0: Just volunteering. Ooh, I, I love ooh. the the saying volunteering for things instead of being a victim.
3: Ooh,
0: and you ooh. know, it's so not. There's a separate conversation of victims who something's happened to them that was far outside of their control and all the rest of it. But that, you know, like what I used to do in intimate relationships, I was showing up all the time, volunteering, going, "Yeah,
3: <laughs>
0: I'll suck that up." It's ooh. like it's, it's no. just that that knowing and i think if god if people listen to this and they get that there's always a choice i love that what you said
1: earlier everything everything is a choice everything it, it comes down to decisions you're making on a daily basis right yeah. so you know what's it going to mean uh, you know what you know what you're going to get from it is it going to be a good thing or a bad thing
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, we we're, we're evaluating everything every day and then it comes down to what's the choice I'm going to make? What's the decision and what the choice is? And if you understand that, mm-hmm. your life will become so much easier because then you do what you want, mm-hmm. not how you're controlled. And, and also you can, uh, this this is another way of, of, of looking at things. that I don't suffer with this, right? Mm-hmm. I don't mind what you think of me. Mm-hmm. That's your business, right? And mm-hmm. I look at it this way. There's a guy guy called Wayne Dyer. Mm. Uh have you ever read Wayne Dyer yeah. stuff? Oh,
0: I haven't I haven't read his stuff. I know you're talking about
1: that no, yeah. Read his stuff. You're, you 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 will you would get a lot from it. Mm. And he talks about opinions, you know. Uh, people have got opinions. I've got an opinion mm. about you, you've got an opinion about me. Mm. And you hear it regularly, someone's make, on a, especially on social media, someone gives their opinion and love what do they mean? Oh, yeah. And, they, and people go into this panic mode. And yeah. if some, and, and the first time I ever saw a review of my book, uh, I wrote a book years ago. And mm. the first time I saw a negative review, I remembered Wayne Dyer
2: because mm. I went,
1: What the fuck? And I stopped myself. I thought, No, no, mm. no. It's just her opinion. That's all, that's all it is. If someone sees her opinion and is taken with it, then fine. It's not a problem. It's just her opinion because the next person, around said how wonderful the book was. I mean, there were two polarizing opinions, yeah.
0: right? Yeah.
1: And then, and this is the way I look at opinions. So if you give me, if I give you a gift and you don't want that gift and you say, no, Paul, thank you very much. I don't want that gift. Who does the gift belong to? It still belongs
0: to them.
1: Yeah, it's, it's me, isn't it? I bought it for okay. you. Yeah. You don't want it, so it's mine. Okay, right? yeah. So yeah. if I give you my opinion, and I say, uh, Oh, oh this is my that is brilliant. And you say, what do you mean? As soon as you say that, you've accepted it. You've right? accepted it. If you go, thanks ever so much, Paul, that's that's your mm-hmm. opinion. And you know, you've know you got the right to your opinion, but I, I'm, I'm okay with that. And then then you don't own it. You Don't own it if they own it. Brilliant. Love a that. long life, a long life worrying about what other people think, or they're worried about. I remember speaking to my wife's best friend, she's passed away now. But we was in, in, in Gibraltar and we was having this conversation about I don't mind what people think, it doesn't worry me. You know, I don't get embarrassed about this. She went there, yeah, yeah, you do. I went, I don't. And I was going to buy a watch in Gibraltar. And as I'm there, I've, uh, there was this big old shop front and it had uh, um, two window panes going into a door in the middle. So, And there was a step here and I tripped up the step, hit the window with my hand. The glass vibrated in really loudly, right? <laughs> I went, oh Shit. Right? And I hit the glass. I thought I was worried about going through the glass. Anyway, I didn't go through the glass. And I carried on as I sort of brushed the, the, into the door and went through into the door. They were watching me and I wanted if he help me. And I started talking about getting this watch. And everyone's laughing around me, right? And I've taken no notice of anybody. And she went, you didn't look round. I went, no, I don't, don't, it doesn't worry me what happens. Because if you was carrying a couple of bottles and, and you, you fell over and, and and these bottles smashed really loudly, what's the first thing that most people do? look around oh, really embarrassed aren't they They're really embarrassed mm-hmm. i'd be checking to see if any the bottles were survivable because <laughs> because the shopping's been broken right not what other people are thinking or other other, other people's you know uh, laughing at me because every the biggest fear that people have is being ridiculed or being ostracized you think about that they don't like to be separated and they don't like to be ridiculed mm. Don't have to be, you know, judged or you know. Whereas it doesn't worry me at all. Mm. That's their opinion. It's if they want to laugh, they can laugh. Mm. So what? And I don't mind because of my experiences as a youngster. I don't mind being ostracized. I don't Mm. mind being. And if you look at any leader, look at any of the big leaders, Mm. the world leaders, Mm. company um, MDs or or CEOs. Any of them you think about that are super successful, none of them worry about other Mm. people's opinions. They're Mm. not going to be sitting there worried about, oh, they're going to think this of me or they're going to think that. And they're they're usually prepared to stand alone with their own views, and people follow them. They don't follow others, and that's an important part, especially in this game. Yeah, because I think this game people are wrapped up in what. (gasps) can't do that what people think
0: and it's stifling right because actually you're free if you're not worried about what people think you're free you can do whatever you want you can be fully self expressed and with with no like oh my god and it's so we see it everywhere you know I see it when when people are with their children because I I think there's a level to which I'm I'm kind of auditing now as you're saying that I'm like in the main I'm pretty okay with it I'd say if anything I'm one of the you know and it's still a coping mechanism right but I'm one of the kids that I do dumb stuff on purpose do you know what I mean so which is a whole nother you know that's a whole nother ball game right but it's like I can be with awkwardness and all of that And but I see it, I see it in parents in the supermarket when their kids are maybe crying or something and they're more worried about what people think about their kid crying than dealing with the kid it's the same thing isn't it it's like
3: mm-hmm. be
0: with child it's it's okay like like fuck me there's not a person on this planet that hasn't dealt with an upset child you know there's no no perfect parent and no that don't
3: get upset it's
1: it's it's a it's about to me it's about being comfortable being uncomfortable Mm. Mm. so if you think about you know I, I, i used to do stupid shit when I was a kid, like, stand out like a sort of something. I'd do something really, really, really stupid yeah. to get a On laugh or, yeah. or, or to get someone's attention. Uh, I, I'm okay with that. I, I don't mind if they think I'm a dickhead or, or you know, whatever they think. Yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. And it's not many people can handle that. But that's a sign of success. You know, it's it's you've got to be in that space. So I've opened a business once. And the guy I opened the business with, I put the money up, and he was going to run it. it was an estate agent. And uh, and he's, he phoned me up after about six weeks of opening, saying we've opened in the wrong place. So I went, what? You've come to me to open this business. You told me you were going to run it. You knew what you was doing. And you, now you're telling me we've opened in the wrong place. He went, yeah, no one's coming in. The phone's not ringing. There's nothing's going on. Yeah. I said, make the phone ring. He said, well, how am I going to do that? I said, it's easy. I said, surely you, you've convinced me. You convinced me to invest in this business and you mm-hmm. you know and, and 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 now you're telling me that you're not qualified to do the job mm-hmm. no but but you know and he was used to working in an office that was established and people were coming in and people were doing business and i said ring. Well, we yeah. i said look write a hundred cards out get your business cards right please call me urgently right on the back of them i'll come pick you up in an hour so I picked him up, and we got in the car. And He's going, what are we going to do? I said, drop these cards in, that for sale board, that for sale board, that sold board, that net board. He said, oh, but someone might see us. I said, so? drop the card through the door. And he was worried about what people were going to think. What are we going to say when they ring up? I said, well, we'll just come up with a little script. Don't worry about it. Just yeah. get the phone ringing. This is how you get the phone ringing. Yeah. Anyway, so we did this, and the time we got back to the office, the phone was ringing off the hook. And he's going. What am I going to say to him? I can't believe it. it's going to be so embarrassing. I said, "What's embarrassing? You told me you were out in the wrong place. The phone wasn't ringing. I've got you the phone ringing. That's how you get the phone ringing." <laughs> I said, "Think about it. Set for a second. What can you say? What could could, could you possibly say to these people? Because I wanted to think outside the box. I wanted to be him to be totally uncomfortable in that scenario. Mm. Because you've got to be able to think on your feet in business." Mm. And he's gone to me, I don't know what to say. So I said, well, perhaps you should turn around and say, look, I've noticed your properties on the on the market, but you're not on our mailing list. He said, well, that's not urgent. I said, well, I'm not worried about what they think about whether the call is urgent or not. You might get some abuse from someone, but usually when you start talking, they'll forget why they've rung in oh, the phone yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so after after about six weeks, we've been open. We've been doing this weekly. We, you know, every single week, I used to make him do it. Come on, we're going out dropping cards today. Awesome. We had, we had people ringing up saying, oh, you're persistent, aren't you? Or, What's yeah. that? This is the fourth week in a row you've dropped a card from my door. My agent's been telling me that I've uh, they've been having viewings for me. I don't know. They're lying to me because they would have picked your card up off the floor otherwise. <laughs> Why don't you come down and see my property, right? That, that wasn't even a call we urged. She didn't say, what's urgent about it? She says you're, you're persistent. Mm. Yeah, so we got so much business out of that. And then, and then when he opened the next branch, he was un—he was comfortable being uncomfortable. He would go out and knock on the doors this time around and say, excuse me, I noticed your house is on the market. Yeah. You're not on our mailing list, right? And then he'd talk about their house and how to get that on the market. So it's... it's 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 a skill that can be practiced. I, I got a client. I used to do training for property investors. Teaching mm. what I used to do, I don't do it anymore. Uh, and one of the reasons was when, what I went through with Zoe, and and so I couldn't commit the time to it. Yeah. But I had this woman who wanted to come on the course, and I was looking. She was quite timid, and I thought, oh, I don't want to take her money because that would be. That would be wrong. I said, I need you to, to 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 see if you have got what it takes to do this. Yeah. I've got it, what it takes. I said, well, okay, I'm gonna give you the pizza walk. This is called a pizza walk. I don't know why it's called a pizza walk. It was it was talked to me, but I used McDonald's rather than Pizza Hut. Yeah, and I asked her to go into McDonald's in these the days when they had counters, not the you know the the self service counters. Mm. and walk into mcdonald's on a busy saturday afternoon with a pair of shoes in her hand walk up to the counter when there's people being served and say loudly to the um the assistant can you soul and heal these for me please she went, <laughs> really oh yeah i love it <laughs> so she'd walk up to the mcdonald's she did it she walked up to mcdonald's counter okay. and she said can you soul and heal these for me please and he a woman went um one second so she went and got the manager. She didn't know <laughs> what to say, right? And the people next to us started looking at her. And then, uh, oh, can I have large, make that large fries? Yeah. And and they carried on their, 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 their business, right? Yeah. The manager came out and said, uh, can I help you? And she said, can you soul and heal these for me, please? So she <laughs> said it a second time, right? Again, the next customer next to us looked at her and carried on, you know, a, a milkshake and all that. Carried on their business. And he went to her. No, but I can offer you a, 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 a value meal for whatever it was. Now, so she went, Yeah, I'll have, a, I'll have a quarter pound of cheese, please. <laughs> she had, and she went down and sat down at the table, watched the people that would watch her, didn't give her a second look. And mm. she sat there at a quarter pound of cheese, <laughs> picked her shoes up. She said it was the most exhilarating thing she's ever done. And I thought, Well, for that, You can come on the call,
0: you're all like you're in.
1: (laughs) You can do that. If you can do that, if you can be that comfortable being that uncomfortable, then then you're you're gonna go far. You're gonna go far because you've got something in there that most people wouldn't even contemplate doing because of the embarrassment of doing it,
3: yeah.
1: Uh, And we we fear about what other people are gonna think, aren't we? We do, we've oh, what are they gonna think of me? What are they gonna? Oh, I don't want to get oh. That's their business. It's, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's their gift. If they want to give it to you, you don't have to take it. You yeah. don't have to. And, uh, yeah. and I, I grew up like that. So um, I'm sort of like, I call it bullet, bulletproof. I'm bulletproof.
0: Yeah, I, 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 my game is being unfuckable with. It's the oh, same yes. thing. Oh, yeah,
1: that's a good one. Like, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. be unfuckable with and be just unaf- unoffendable and unfuckable with. That's my mm. game in life.
3: Mm. And
0: and that's my game for my clients as well. I'm like, if you could mm. be that, you could be anything. Because mm. actually, you know, and you've just given me some brilliant ideas of things to do with people good. doing good. that. So thank mm. you for that, like mm. sharing that story. Because it's that, it's reminding me of a book and I can't remember, I can't remember the title of the book, but at the end of every chapter there was a there was doing things like that. And I did it and it was like, and it is, it's the same thing. It's So there was things like, you'd go into a busy shopping street and you just look up and Mm. you just stand there looking up. And if you wanted to like make it faster, you'd point and just look up and just see Mm. what happened, Right. Or you'd be in, I can't remember the exact detail, but you'd be in a lift and you'd say something or, Mm. you know, all of that. And at the end of every chapter, there was an exercise to do. Mm. Um,
1: Flexing, that muscle, see? Flexing yeah. that muscle, yeah. Flexing
0: yeah. that muscle. And I'm a fucker for doing the exercises. It's, books, it's so. another one
1: I I, I practiced. Uh, it's another one is is, is is people don't think about this, is to say hello to every single person you come across. Yeah. Just look at yeah. me. Hello, morning, yeah. afternoon, yeah. whatever. Just say. Get used to talking to people that you you have no idea who they are. All right, you're mm-hmm. completely obvious. Completely Some people won't even respond. Some people will. It's yeah. just again, it's, it's it's flexing that muscle of 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 because in some to start with, it will feel a bit weird yeah. saying hello to everybody you come across in the street.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's huge, isn't it? And it's just that it's it's kind of reminding me of when people are going, oh, you know, whether it's property deals or getting clients or building their business or selling something. It's like yeah. that's the the source of all of it that stops people, isn't it? Yeah, that true. that being unprepared and unwilling to feel uncomfortable, to ask for the yeah. sale, to knock on the door, to put a card yeah. through the door. And then, you know, like you said, the guy said, fuck, but what if the phone rings? What am I going to say? He <laughs> like, well, wanted the phone to bloody ring. You told me the phone wasn't ringing. And now he's telling me you don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah.
1: I did say to him, don't ever, ever tell me ever again you've opened in the wrong place because there's no such thing. And it's funny because I had a, an idea many, many, many years ago you could have a one single office and have a massive patch and purple bricks taught us that this could work. And yeah. I had this business model in my head. I, did, I didn't pursue it because I couldn't be bothered because it was just yeah. too much aggro at the time. But yeah. um, you don't need... We, and I remember uh, we, had, we had a node number of numbers from uh, the phone system, 312, 313, 314, 315, 316, 317. And I used to put an area next to each phone number. I used to get people ringing down the numbers on each area. It, was, it went to the same place, but people thought you were bigger than you were. And, yeah. and it's little things like that. i I I I haven't got a problem doing because somebody will work it out and go, We've, they haven't got all in branches. But <laughs> I it doesn't I didn't matter, does it? Like, who that. cares? Yeah, who cares? And that's and that's 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 part of my um my shield, I suppose. It's I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not worried about what you think. I used to say I don't care what you think. I don't use that word anymore. I say, I don't mind what you think because yeah. caring sounds like it's like a. Um...
0: It's not quite right, is it? When someone says I don't care, like when someone says know. to me I don't care, I'm like mm, mm. I don't believe
2: you.
1: <laughs> it's actually not I don't care. It's I'm like, I'm I'm not worried about it. It's like that's 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 your opinion because if I say I don't care, it it would indicate that I possibly do so. Yeah. Um, and also it can be offensive to someone. You don't, what do you mean you don't care? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so I've changed the language there because language is really powerful. Mm. Very, very powerful. And when, when I when I talk to people, um especially in business, I never use I on me. I always use them. I I say you or or your. So a classic example would be I'd ring an agent up. I'm looking to uh, look at a house and and instead of saying, I don't want to waste my time,
2: Mm.
1: I'd say, I don't want to waste your time.
2: Mm.
1: It's a different dynamic. All right. Cause as soon as you put yourself in somebody else's shoes, you feel valued. The other Mm. person feels valued. They they, they don't feel because if you appreciate their position, it can make, it can make the difference between them putting my offer forward in a good light than, than somebody else's. Because this is this this business, as I mentioned earlier, it's nothing about property. It's about people. It's understanding people.
2: Yeah,
1: and we can get so much further if we understand what it's like for that person that we're dealing with. And 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 I've got this saying that people are stuck in I mode, right? Mm -hmm. They're in I mode all the time. It's it's about me. They're oblivious. I said to you before when we was off camera. As a as as a bike rider, you know, uh, I see cyclists like this everywhere. As a bike mm-hmm. rider, it's my um, it, 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 it's 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 about understanding that I've got to get out their way. Mm-hmm. I've got to get out my way mm-hmm. because I'm the squidgy one. <laughs> but I've got to appreciate that they're in, they're on they're on the road and they're mm-hmm. frustrated. I'm going slower than them. They want to overtake me. They want to get around me. So I'll find somewhere so they can they can go over. They, I see two cyclists riding together, side by side, oblivious yeah. to everything around them. It's, and, it's, yeah. and we are we are very much like that as a as a as a as a species nowadays. Is is we are, we have got that um, self preservation,
3: yeah. but
1: we haven't got the threats we had when we were roaming around with saber toothed tigers. Yeah. We haven't got that uh, threat of, of, you know, of losing our lives. Mm. So it, it's, it's very much a different world. And we, we still see the world as threats when they're not really threats. Mm. But, but if we were just to be a bit more, uh, less oblivious and more conscious of uh, and considerate of other people. Um, you see people walking around on their phone. they're, they're completely oblivious to anyone who's walking around and and bumping into people and you know uh, it, 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 it's a different world that we live in today.
0: And it's a paradox, right? Because actually when we take care of other people and we're aware of other people, we get taken care of because if we look after others they look after us. I love that you say it's all about people because i I say this to clients and, you know, when I'm speaking and stuff, I'm like, it's about your relationships. It's about people. And if you mm. if you don't want to deal with people, your business is going to be a fucking shit show because you're going to, mm. you know, like you say, property deals. Jesus, you know, estate agents, solicitors, surveyors, tenants, landlord. I mean, it's just, it's endless. And even with, with the way you're doing it, where you're not buying and holding, it's still a people business, right? You've got to deal with, oh,
1: you know. What's, what's the key to my business is, 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 is housing stock. So I've got, I've got to get in there, get it for the right price. And yeah. if I don't get it for the right price, I'm going to potentially lose money. So I haven't got the luxury of time. Uh, mm. So if you, if you make a mistake as a, as a landlord and you keep it for 10 years, you've got that luxury of time. I haven't got that luxury. So I look at it this way. If I go and see a vendor direct, mm. Mm. the first words out of my mouth would be, I'm looking I'm, I'm here today because I'm looking to make a profit, whether it's now or in the future. Is that okay with you? Mm. Now what I'm doing straight away is I'm being brutally honest up front yeah. because when I go in to see a vendor and say uh, and I don't say that and I go, okay Mrs. vendor and I see this so many times in our industry, especially if they're dealing with vendors direct they're going well we're looking for a win-win situation here uh you know and we can do this for you Mrs. Vendor. And we can do that for you and we can do this for you and we can do that for you but in the back of that vendor's mind they're thinking yeah but what's in it for you yeah
0: what's, what's, your,
1: what's your what's your agenda right mm. so if i get that agenda out of the way right at the beginning what does that do straight away immediately
0: Oh, massive trust. They know you're going to be straight with them. Because if you say that, which is the thing that no one else says, they're like, oh, this guy's going to tell me the truth. Yeah. They're going to be really straight about everything.
1: And, the, and the, next, the next words out of my mouth, so tell me what the situation is. I might have had a conversation before, but I want to reconfirm it. And then what I do is I say that, keep this shut, and use these. right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and again, it comes down to and, and – I, I, I'm going to give this tip so your listeners are just there is a fine line between manipulation and influence yeah. Yeah. so we've got to do this with the right uh, agenda Intent. in mind right yeah. understand that we're not trying to rob someone or rip them off or,
2: yeah.
1: or so I'd have to, so i'd ask them the question what, what's the situation i'd listen intently to listen to their language patterns to Listen to their metaphors, they come out. So they might say their backs against the wall or they're they're in trouble, or they might use a phrase that I would repeat back to them. And once they've told me the situation, then I say, So let so I can clarify this. The situation is you said your back's against the wall and you're in trouble, and, blah, blah, blah. and so they go, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they feel heard.
0: Yeah, because, because you actually in their,
1: language, yeah. in their language, yeah, 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 and we, and, and how many times have you ever come across someone? And this will happen about a third of the t- people that you meet, right? You'll come across some uh, somebody one in every three people, and you go, they talk my language because they've got similar language patterns to you. Mm-hmm. You've not thought about it. You're just talking similar language patterns, and you get on really well. And you think, oh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're just like it was just like. Well, if you know what it is that gives you that that link mm-hmm. with somebody else. Oh, it's powerful stuff. Trust me, it's mm. powerful stuff. So I repeat back to them what they've told me, mm. and then I do something completely bizarre. And your listeners might be thinking, "He's mad! He's mad! What's he doing that for?" I'll give them an alternative. I say, "Have you considered doing this? Have mm. you considered doing that? Have you? Con- if you did this, this would happen. So mm. say they were getting repossessed." So you realize if you speak to your lender, you've got less chance of being repossessed because today it's difficult for them to repossess you. So usually people bury their head in the sand. They they, don't ignore it. But actually, you're better off not getting repossessed. Or if you do get repossessed, you're actually going to get more money than you will from me because the lender will get top dollar for it, whereas I will pay you a lot less. So I'll tell them that if they go to an estate agent or if they perhaps sold it in auction, because that's what I'm potentially going to do. And I'm, I'm brutally honest with them that, that there is a solution to this. But the difference is, <clears throat> because I've done the job properly, they want to sell me because mm. they trust me. And yeah. there's have you ever heard that saying, you've got to build rapport?
3: Yeah.
1: I think rapport is the prerequisite to every communication. So the waiter should have we have we should have rapport with the with the um the person in the restaurant. And the person in the restaurant should have rapport with their waiter. So rapport is the prerequisite to all communication. What's deeper than that? What's deeper? What's what's what can I want to build a bond, not rapport. Rapport is just what we should have right but Mm -hmm. if you build a bond what's a bond built with
0: connection shared trust yeah trust
1: yeah we've built that trust right up from the beginning Mm. and then i'll turn around and say look i'd love to buy your house but i'm so far away it's an insult Mm.
2: because
1: i would have had the price of what they think or because if i've done the job properly up until that point i know the situation and they'll they'll do one of two things. One, if they're not going to sell me the house that I the price I want, they'll probably go. I'm not looking to be insulted today, but thank you very much, or something yes. of that nature. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, okay, thanks ever so much for being honest. But if they say to me what's an insult, I know I'm on the right track. Yeah, and then uh, I'll, I'll tell them what I can do. Then that's when that's when I bring in. I can do this, 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 this. this. Mm. And uh, because now they're open to to listening to what you know, what I'm going to do for them. I'm not going to tell them at the front end. I'm going to tell them the most important part, which is when they're going to make that decision. And mm-hmm. then I'll give them a figure. And I'll do. I won't say. I won't say a word for about twenty, thirty seconds. I'm not one of these that are first loses because I don't believe in that because that's manipulation again. You're. Yeah. If I'm negotiating with a car trader, yes. Hmm. Hmm.
0: Hmm. well and it's 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 that it's that so many people are uncomfortable with silence it's actually giving people a chance to bloody think whereas so many people are uncomfortable with silence that they will try and fill the gap and talk or actually at that point people need us to shut the fuck up so they can think so they can go right what am i dealing with here that's- and that's
1: and that's my point is that i i would i would i would leave that Moment, um but I don't want to make them feel awkward. So I'll then say to them that I'll give you a little bit of time to think about it if you want time, um and I'll take their number. They'll I'll give if I've got their number, uh, and then I'll leave it with them for for a few hours. And usually within a couple of hours they've come back to me. But you you make a very very valid point about silence. I'm I'm really happy with silences. Yeah, yeah. In fact, when I do a talk, if you ever see me talk on stage, I'll walk up stage and i'll give myself five seconds to say nothing. nothing it's the
0: quickest way to quiet in the room doing that hey because everyone's like oh, what's going on what's he, saying? Oh, what's he gonna say i and used I to do know. that in bni when i were in bni the networking meeting you know when you stand mm. up and you do six mm. seconds and i used to stand up and say nothing and that five mm. seconds to people is it you can almost feel it in the room can't you it's excruciating people are like mm. But it
1: slows you down as well because what yeah. happens is it gives you time to think and gather your thoughts. So I look I look at all people's eyes. Take, a, take
0: a breath and just...
1: Whoo, and open then i smile them.
0: Yeah. And, it, and, it, and actually, it connects back, doesn't it, to being, uncom- being comfortable with the uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And actually being comfortable in that, it's huge.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love, love looking around the room and then going, oh, okay, so let me tell you why I'm here today or whatever the 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 the, 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 the spiel will be. But it's 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 powerful Mm. i I, I was with a a young lad i was trying to teach years and years ago to do what i do which is going to have a look at a house and 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 he and he said to me intently watching what i was doing great student Mm. and i used to ask him what he's learned today uh, what, what did he get from it and i'd tell him the reason why i did certain things and we came out of uh, one one viewing, and he went, you don't say much, do you? And I went, no. He said, but when you do something, say something, it's really impactful.
2: Mm.
1: And I said, yeah. And and that's important in, in what we do for a living, especially if we're trying yeah. to acquire a, a, a property at a good price, it's really important that, You hit the nail on the head. I I go around watching people view houses, and they can't help but gap fill. Mm. Mm. And they'll be chatting, 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 chatting. And what that does, it gives a sort of unnerving feeling to the agent that these people aren't 100%. Someone Mm. comes in doesn't say much. Mm. What they say is impactful. And then they go and do what they say they're going to do, rather than talk about it. Because talking. Oh, is that's such
0: a big one. Oh my uh, gosh! Yeah. I, if I if I could bottle that, like doing what you say you're going to do. If people mm. just did that for the rest mm. of their lives, whether it be turning up at the time they said they're going to turn up, or doing that thing that they said they were going to do, life
1: changing. Mm. And I, I, I remember walking into a, a, a property over in Folkestone. Cracking flat. It was on for like one hundred and fifty grand. I want to. I want to buy it for one hundred and ten. So it's forty grand off. It's had numerous buyers. They all fell out of bed for different reasons. Most of most of them were to do condition of property. He's you know he, he, he he's telling me that his clients never going to take a penny less than, than one hundred and thirty five grand because he'd had one hundred and thirty five accepted before. Uh, and I said, well, I tell you what, I'll, do. I'll 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 do some numbers. I'll give you an offer this afternoon. I sat in the car, wrote an email, copied my solicitor in, asked her to confirm our position. So that they ha- so the time he got back to the office, he had an offer, explanation of the offer, and a solicitor's letter backing it up saying he's got the money, we're ready to go, get us a contract.
2: Hmm.
1: What does that agent now think?
0: We, you're solid, because you're even
3: over-delivered. Yeah.
1: yeah. Did it? And, and then he said to me, they won't take 110, And I said, well, we, we, we've got nothing to lose but to try. But you now you know we're in a position to to, to move. And so we, when he went back, back to his clients and said, look, I've had an offer of 110000 I know you're not probably going to accept it, but the guy's proved he's got his money and he's ready to go. Mm. That that was the thing that tipped it over the edge and said, and he went back, come back to me, said, I can't believe it. I said, yes. <sighs> Uh, but he had faith in what we, we could do. And that and that faith is all I ask for, really. Is, 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 is they've got faith in me to do the deal. Then I'm probably going to get, I'm going to be the one that's favourable to them when there's lots mm. of people interested. But. Mm.
0: And again, you're not worried about what people think. Because so many people said to me before, I can't offer that. i might upset yeah. them. I'm like, but yeah. that's the truth of what you can offer. Oh. So either do it or don't. Like, just... Put it in. What's the worst that could happen? They tell you to fuck off.
1: It's interesting. I talked my daughter, my oldest daughter. We went to buy her a mini um, for the mini dealership, and it, 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 and I, I I pulled a flanker on him because the great thing about nowadays when you buy a car, you can get your phone out and you get you can go into some website and there's loads of cars for sale. So yeah. he, he said to me, "This car is a top notch one. It's got all this done, It's all this, so many features in it." Uh, and, and my daughter was, was excited about the features, but didn't need them. Mm. Uh, and it was about 2,000 quid over a watch she wanted to pay. And it was 12, 12 and a half grand, I think it was. Uh, and, and so I said to him, look, there's loads on here. Look, look, I can't believe you're charging that much. And what I failed to tell him was that they weren't the same spec. He didn't check, right? And I said, yeah. same colours. I just said to him, it's the same spec. <laughs> I just showed him quickly.
0: yeah,
3: yeah. And
1: boom, boom bamboozled him so with about 100 different things i was talking about once because there are times when you can confuse someone (laughs) i didn't check what i was showing him and he went off to his boss come back and i agreed at ten thousand five hundred instead of twelve thousand five hundred. brilliant and and ricky's sitting there going i can't believe you did that and i said did you learn a lesson and she said yeah you know if you don't ask you don't get and and that and that and she's a a really good negotiator, my daughter. A very good negotiator. Been mm. bought by one of the masters. So, uh, but she 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 loves haggling. She loves it absolutely. And I love haggling with with traders. I you know with with estate agents. I love haggling with with car dealers or any furniture yeah. suppliers. I love all that. Love
0: yeah, it. yeah. And, and, and again, it's the, it's the enjoying it, isn't it? And it's the wanting to do it. And it's the it's well, the
1: you remember i told you that story about that flat i bought the very first flat i bought and i changed my life and said that's it i'm gonna uh, get get give me, give a girlfriend back get a flat get a job i remember buying a flat for that so a, a sofa for that flat and the girlfriend was with me at the time and she as the salesman come over and i went to him how much is that you're having a laugh and she went, oh i'm so embarrassed and she walked out she walked out she went and the, and i got a I got the sofa for half price. Half price <laughs> because it was one they were using in the. It was a a, a a display model. Yeah, it was a lot cheaper than what it would normally have been anyway. But yeah. I got a half the sticker price, half the uh, that, that they were asking. And 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 when I came out, she went, Are "You satisfied?" I went, "Yeah, I've just bought that." Uh, for two hundred and fifty pounds when they were asking five hundred quid, so i 'm well pleased and she embarrassed <laughs> i, I can 't believe it she used to really get embarrassed and i i can 't see why the embarrassment's there really can 't mm,
0: mm. and it 's such a it 's such a non tangible stopper like it stops people but it 's not real it 's completely mm. made up
1: Yeah, yeah so but yeah mm. so that 's where that 's where I come from anyway so mm.
0: And you still do property now?
1: Yes. I've got
0: a funny echo back. Can you hear it? No. I can hear myself repeat it back. Oh, it's stopped now. Is it? Ghosts mm. in the line. Um, mm. You were, we started talking about before we came on, which I wanted to pick up on because that was really interesting. We were talking about the property market, what landlords mm. are really up for about the social side of housing. Mm. Let's, let's, let, let's go back there because it's really interesting.
1: Yeah, well, I've got have got a very different view on like, one of the reasons why I don't own properties is because I've been homeless before, and you asked me the question, oh, what, 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 why homeless, and you know, and and the reason being is that I've experienced uh, my landlords in the past um, um, being in a situation where they were try, charging astronomical rents for I couldn't afford it. I, I, it was ridiculous the rent I was paying, and the landlord did suffer because we didn't every every now and again we missed the payment because we it was it was such a struggle for us mm. but i do think there is a there is a social element to a social responsibility for the rental market uh, now there is a big part of the rental market that's transient so people would move from one area to another they don't want to buy a house because they're not sure if they're going to stay in that area and they're going to like the job or not and then they go to that area. They stay in a uh, rented accommodation for a year, and then they go and buy a property. Or if they choose to stay in that rented accommodation rather than buying, then fine. But there's a part of, of the society, and it's usually the, the the ones that can't get on the housing ladder, or, or, or I mean, it's, especially now, mm. if you think about this logically, right? I'll ask you this question. Let's start off with asking this question. Do you think there's going to be a housing crash?
0: I so, so here's my answer to that, is there's always ups and downs and it's ultimately always up. So, What do you think
1: the likelihood of crash being coming?
0: I don't know, because I think the demand and the supply is... That it's going against what we normally say. So lots of people say there's a crash coming and I'm going, well.
1: And the general know, census is there's a crash right? coming, right? There's a crash coming. And <laughs> yeah, I, most, I most people very like there's a crash view. coming. But
0: then yeah. I, yeah. I would say I've been waiting for the crash for the last seven years and it's not coming and really? things keep no. going up. Like
1: I've, yeah. I've, not wait, I've, not wait, I've not waited for a crash. But there is one coming. Yeah, it's not
0: not, like waiting to see one. I've never stopped buying because there may or may not be. But in Mm -hmm. the sense of, yeah, this like everyone's saying it's coming. Where is it?
1: So I'm going to give you a sort of like an outline of, in fact, you're you're probably going to nick some of my content that me and John Cox are going to do because we're going to do do a, a podcast on this subject
0: better off you guys could come and do it because ironically in my coaching practice the least interesting subject for me is property now (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i love people's purpose and what they're doing in their businesses and the property stuff's less you're going to like
1: this actually you're going to love this because Mm -hmm. this is going to give an insight into into what what the mechanics behind it Mm -hmm. so I, i get you know, people talking about there's going to be a correction. There's going to be a crash. People can't afford it. Now, if you look at it logically from uh, from the data that was supplied, so people are saying it's seven times joint. Oh, sorry, seven times income to buy a house nowadays. The national income, average income is twenty nine thousand pounds. The average house is X. Like seven times income, it can't continue, mm-hmm. and it makes sense, doesn't it? Makes sense, right? And the affordability is being stretched. You know, We've got this cost of living crisis and the mortgages are going up and it's getting to a stage where it's, it's going to pop. It, 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 everything looks like it's going to go bang, right? Mm. But I've got a slightly different opinion. And my opinion is that I don't think it will. I think there will be a, a softening of prices, uh, which there really has been. Uh, and I think that will just continue and then it will chip up again and mm. the reason for that is do you know what the average first time buyer salary is 42000 pounds a year and that's mm. nationwide that's not london the southeast that's nationwide mm. that's uh, that's information coming from lsl the largest estate agency chain in the country that's what they've worked out right so if the average first time buyer salary is 42000 and two of them buy together you add mm. them uh, uh, times it by four and a half and add a deposit they yeah. can borrow well in excess of 400 grand like probably 450 yeah. um so you've got uh, you you know until the average house gets to around the 450 mark then there's no stretch of of incomes right mm-hmm. so on top of that anyone that's taken a mortgage in the last 14 years has had stringent checks on them yeah. We haven't had le- lax lending. So if you look at every crash we've had in the past, mm-hmm. so 2008 was followed up a period of, of lax lending. Very, mm-hmm. very uh, irresponsible, borrowing, irresponsible uh, lending. Mm-hmm. 2000, uh, uh, going back to 1989, 88, again, a period of very lax and loose lending right we haven't had that for 14 years anyone that's bought a house has got what i call skin in the game Mm. they have been scrutinized they've saved their money up they've bought a property they've got their own money invested and they're on a repayment mortgage not an interest only yeah so if things go tight they can go to the lender and say Got a problem, they go, well, go on interest only for six months until the cost of living crisis comes over and then go back on to repayment. They've got that option, right? Yeah. They, yeah. They, they didn't have the option before in 2008. Mm. So if we know that the average income is around £28,000, what happens to the average person whose who's, who's average income? What are they doing? I don't know. They're renting. Mm. All right. So if they're, rent, if they're your tenants, mm. And they're being squeezed, mm. right, by the cost of living crisis, and they're on the lower end of the scale, mm. what is the only credit agreement that goes on your credit file, That's the, the only credit agreement that doesn't go on your credit file and doesn't show up if you miss a payment? It's, it's your rent. One. Rent. Only one, right? Yeah. So if you're in a position where you've got, uh, you haven't got, as a, as a landlord, you you haven't got insurance, right? And you've got a tenant in there who's being squeezed and they've got the choice of putting petrol in their car, mm. putting heating on, mm. giving food to their kids, mm. paying their bank loans and credit cards mm. or, or paying their landlord. Which one's going to get chipped first?
0: Well, I have a, a, two opinions on this. One is, in theory, it's the landlord. And the second is, actually, if there's good relationships there, often it's not. So it's it's... it's it's a double thing, isn't okay, it? Okay, so, so
1: what what's more likely,
0: likely now, right? if, if they miss the payment with the landlord?
1: So if you look at it generally, um, all the people who are in the the first time buyers and the mortgage people are have been scrutinised. They've mm-hmm. got flexibility in their affordability because they could go on interest only if necessary for a short period, mm-hmm. and. If you're a first-time buyer now, you are probably likely be living at home, saving every penny you can because you need a big yeah. deposit nowadays, right? Yeah. So you're probably you're both living in either one parent's house or you both live with your parents. You're probably, you probably – today, you won't have any other debt. Otherwise, you wouldn't get the mortgage. So you, you, you need to be – uh, uh, so you won't have – the problems the cost of living crisis is, is giving people at the moment. So you're just sitting there waiting for the right house to come along to, before you buy it, right? So, but the person who's squeezed mm. is the second, the first time buyer who's already bought somewhere mm. and they've been in there for, say, two years. They're coming up for their uh, renewal of their, their, their mortgage as, as their fixed rate mm. and everything's gone up, right? Also, once you've been in the house a little while does it matter if you get a bit more debt then doesn't really does it because you'll probably go and get need some yeah. new curtains we'll go and put it on the credit card we need some uh, a new kitchen we'll put that on the credit card so they've got a bit of extra debt they've, the cost of living crisis is squeezing them but they have got that flexibility to to reduce it to interest only but the problem is they now can't afford the next step so, they don't put that house on the market. So, the first time buyers waiting for something to come on, that's not coming on. So, what you said about supply demand, supply is curtailed. Yeah. But demand is still there. Yeah. they just you can't have the a crash when oh. that's happening, right? The only way it could crash, only way is if enough people had to sell at the same time. Yeah. But there is a paradox. Hmm. And you remember I said that, that potentially that the tenants might chip the rent. Now you're, you're talking about responsible landlords mm. um, and there's, you know, there's, 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 there's um, communication between the tenant and the landlord. That's great. But that's, doesn't often happen actually. In a pro rata, it's probably only 10% of the landlords are like that. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Landlords are pushing their rents up because their mortgages have gone up. So they're they're charging more for that. So their their tenants being squeezed. So their tenant starts chipping their price. Also, if you think about it logically, are landlords the darlings anymore for the lending world?
3: No,
1: I don't like them anymore. Right, it's too risky. If you've got a lot of properties, they don't like it. So people, there's a lot of landlords who are having a triple whammy. Right, yeah. they're they're. they're being taxed like there's no tomorrow, because 10 years ago, you, you could you could write all your mortgage payments off against tax, right? mm-hmm. you can't anymore, mm-hmm. so you're having the taxation. On top of that, you've got regulation that's kicking in, so you can't just kick someone out right? like mm-hmm. you used to be able to. The mm-hmm. third thing is, uh, your mortgages have just gone up substantially, and mm-hmm. if you're not a, a priority uh, borrower anymore, you're not going to get sweet rates. So your mm. rates are going to go perhaps from low twos
2: mm.
3: to
1: high fives, maybe even 6%. That's a yep. big jump, right? Yep. Along with the fact that your tenants might start chipping the rental payments. Mm. Who's most vulnerable now? Mm. By to let landlords. And to let landlords. And you're going to find it's going to happen. I've talked about this years ago when the, when, it, it's all like borrowing money, borrowing money, and, and leveraging, leveraging, leveraging. There's a point at which that leverage becomes a problem yep. if you're not paying it back, right? Yep. And that problem is is coming to the front now. So we yep. have a potential problem, but it's not going to affect the whole market. It's only going to affect pockets, and then pockets are going to be places like so, so where you are in Wales. So them little areas where you had loads of buy to landlords purchasing mm. cheap, really cheap properties. They were they, they were Having it off for a long while, weren't they? Mm. Renting them to DSS or renting them to wherever. and uh, and there's there's areas where they have been just been bought by buy to let landlords. Mm. Them little pockets are vulnerable. Mm. You you could well see prices falling. Them that that type of two up two down little mm-hmm. terraced miners' cottages in Wales or where I live in the Medway towns, where, you know, the places where that's not so desirable, like Luton in Chatham, uh, Kent, uh, places mm-hmm. like Dover or places like um, uh, perhaps certain parts of Gilliam. So where there's a big concentration of landlords that have purchased, they could mm-hmm. be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. So we might see a chip down in prices in them particular areas, but what you're going to see now is lenders have got less people to lend to because a lot of people have come out of the market and sat on their hands. Mm-hmm. They start lending lax lending in the future. They'll start giving 95. I've seen this advertised regularly recently on online, mm-hmm. uh, first direct advertising 95% mortgages. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to start to see the 95% come back into play. You're going to yep. start to see lenders go, Do you know what? We'll give the old criteria a little bit of a softening and we'll allow. Well, and the make- length of
0: time, you know, this this length, you know, 30 year term, 35 year term, 40 year term, 45 year term, you get
1: into a jack- where
0: they've got mortgages that can be handed down. Yeah. There's many ways to skin a cat, isn't there? Exactly. To, to make lending lax.
1: And, it might and not even lax. And, it- and I think it will be. The, the government policy is they want to get people into generation buy, not generation rent. So they want to get people back into buying houses. So the government is going to start doing things with lenders to allow them. They've already told the FSA to be a bit less harsher on their, their criteria scenario with the lenders because the banks have never been in such a strong position. Mm. They've got lots of money to lend. And this next cycle right? I don't know when it's going to start. It could start this year. It could start next year. Will be another push and there's another 20% to go on prices yet and that's when the danger comes because when you start having lax lending Mm. and you have that little push and everyone's frightened to miss out and they start buying it like crazy, which could Mm. well happen in the next couple of years, Mm. then you'll have the crash which will be loads of properties coming on the market at the same time have to be sold, causes a crash. No other reason. So we've got some interesting times ahead. Mm. The great thing is people still need somewhere to live.
0: Yeah. And always will.
1: Yeah.
2: Mm.
1: I think what's
0: interesting as well coming up for me is that I'm a buy and hold person. I always have been, right? I think I've sold, I don't know, two or three properties in my whole buying lifetime. You know, and I really just, I only offload if it's a real pain. So I offloaded a flat because it was part of a, I did a a four bed holiday let and a one bed flat downstairs, lived in the one bed flat, moved out, crappy rental, because it was such a nice flat and the rent just wasn't, wasn't worth renting, sold it. um, And basically pulled the money out of that deal and some and still kept the upstairs. So, you know, it was worth selling, but rarely do I, do I sell. And I think what what's interesting to me is that, All of these ups and downs don't affect me because I stay in. I'm like I'm all in, I've said to my tenants. Okay echoes again. It's bizarre. I'm just gonna switch my microphone. See if that makes a difference. Okay, try that. Um Nope, I'm still getting, getting it, it, which is going just to be really crappy. Try, try
1: and turn the volume down on your speakers or something. Let's try,
0: Let's that. try that. No. 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 Hmm. How strange.
1: How strange. doesn't sound accurate here. No.
0: no, I can just hear it repeated back to me. And it might not pick up on the recording, actually, because um, of the way that StreamYard do it. So props to StreamYard. Hopefully it won't. So... Because I buy and hold all of these, like oh, it's a rise, it's a crash, all properties have done this, that, the other. I just keep going. You know, I buy all. the But time. The, the, key, the
1: key here is is that you it's managing your debt. Mm. That that's what you've got to think about longer term is is managing your debt because you know the borrowing costs are going up. Yeah. You know, taxation has gone up unless you've yeah. unless you've bought everything in the in a limited company. You're still well, So
0: I I didn't, I bought in my own name and what I had to do was put it into a limited company and boy, did that That cost me. I've only just started paying corporation tax now five years on because it, you know, it whopped me. And because I wasn't doing this strategy of leverage, 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 I actually had the equity to go, all right, I'm going to take the hit. It sucks. I don't really want to take that hit. I wasn't going to pull the cash out, but it was sat there as equity and, you know, the leveraging was coming down just because the prices were going up.
1: But it's interesting, About how many people have been taught in the past, and I've heard it so many times, and I was warning people about it back in 2011, mm-hmm. um, is that, you know, it's all about recycling your cash out and mm-hmm. leaving nothing in. But there's going to be a point at which that gravy train stops because house prices yeah, don't rise like do and, and, and borrowing costs go up. It, it, was, it was waiting to happen. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's how people were taught. They were taught to recycle their cash out and, and they want to pull every single penny out. And that's a dangerous game, dangerous game. Mm. Um, but the, you know, most of the landlords I know that are extremely wealthy have got lots of equity and they're quite happy to pay their debts down. They pay yeah. them down. Yeah, um, that's what
0: we're doing now. We're we're yeah. paying down at quite a fast rate. It's yeah.
1: like
0: pay down, pay yeah. down, pay down. Sure. For
1: sure. Yeah, so saw, and and, and the, oh, I think people miss the point with with leverage. Leverage is all right for growth. Yeah, but yeah. you just, just it's, not a, it's not a continued strategy. You can't yeah. continue with it. It it's, it gets you going, and then and then it's about managing that afterwards. And people haven't got uh, uh, you know uh, that, that sort of. Being, I mean, when I when I Finish. I'll, I said to you earlier. I'll end up with a uh, a block of flats, maybe a twenty flats in the freehold, and I'll just mm. give the keys to the council and say, right, house homeless people in it. I've no, i will have no borrowings on it. It'll mm. be that'll you be know, your income. It'll be your income. So, uh, and and it'll be there for my kids, or, you know, when they're older, uh, when I've gone, and mm. and it but it'll be a quality block that will get looked after. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah. yeah it's it's a it's a really interesting conversation isn't it with housing about you know how it how it's done and what you were saying before about people profiting off it and not oh, actually... yes. so
1: like, we didn't we didn't talk about this on this yeah. call because we were talking that before so yeah. there is a social responsibility for for mm-hmm. talent. I was homeless myself so I've experienced it so all the housing stock social housing stock was sold off in the 1980s and in the 1980s uh, Maggie Thatcher also amended the Housing Act and also the Financial Services Act and the buy-to-let was born. And that, and that basically created the, um, the, the void which buy-to-let filled because they were selling the council houses off but wasn't replacing them and along come the private landlord, which was all great and dandy and, and everything was going swimmingly. The problem is you hear terms like return on investment, you hear cash flow and profit, but when you've got profit involved and you've got vulnerable tenants, they don't mix. And I've heard this quite a few times in the last six months. I'm having to put the rent up because my borrowing's gone up. Really? Is that fair? Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not going to lose money on my investment, right? Yeah. So they put their rent up, right? And I asked the question straight away, will you put the uh, rent down then when the mortgages go down? No well then you're doing it for profit that's all it's it's your, the pound note is coming first before the welfare of the tenant and i hear people talking about you know I, I look after my tenants but they talk in a different language when it comes to the asset and the management of that asset which is it's about cash flow it's about profit it's about it's about money and money becomes the the objective as opposed to if we bring over uh whether it by by a um private or whether private funding or whether it's through through government funding, the welfare of the tenants on the lowest level should be looked after with a social responsibility from the local authority. Otherwise you you've got people the reason why the laws have been changed is because people are just kicking people out. Mm. And this is and, it, and and a lot of landlords don't understand this, right? Yeah. It's the tenant's home. Mm. It's not your property, it's their home. Mm. they've made their home there There was uh, a landlord i know so i'm giving them notice i'm 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 i'm, I'm kicking them out and it, it, it was like well no thought for their welfare whatsoever and they have been there 10 years 10 mm. years mm. and now they've got upheaved because someone decides they want it back and mm. you know any other country in the world you go to tenants have got more rights than that Mm-hmm. You could, you've got the right to stay there for life and stuff like that. Whereas here, you haven't, because the the, the 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 housing acts was changed. I mean, Germany and France, it's not as easy to do buy to let's in them in the countries that is here. Mm-hmm. Very difficult, very difficult. And if you and a, a friend of mine had Spanish properties and he was letting them out, and 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 the, these tenant got pregnant and he wanted it back and he couldn't get the house back because she was pregnant. Simple yeah. as that you got right to stay there whereas Mm -hmm. over here it's been easy just to throw someone out on the street and that's Mm -hmm. why you've got that eviction um the revenge evictions aren't allowed anymore someone Mm -hmm. starts complaining or becomes a bit of a pain in the ass i get rid of them and and and, and you may not do that right but there's Mm -hmm. a lot of landlords that do a bigger percentage of landlords do than they don't and this is the reason why um uh regulations come in and -hmm. it's going to get tighter it's not going to get easier it's going to get tighter And it Mm. it should be as well. There should be. There should be a protection for that lowest part of society. The the, the people on that, the most vulnerable people, should be protected.
0: Yeah, I I I completely agree. I think you know. I remember having conversations with my tenants, and they didn't believe me. So I, when I hand them the keys, I say, "Look, it's my house, but it's your home. You live here as long as you want. This is a professional business. I don't sell. I hold. You want to live here till you die." you can It's up to, mm. and if you want to move on i completely understand that mm. and there'll be someone else mm. and um, when all of the tax changes came in it i would say it was my tenants more than anything there was also a self-preservation of like mm. actually i don't mm. want to let go of everything that i've built up mm. right i'm not mm. you know that obviously that was there but there was this promise that, I, and we go back to you know people doing what they say they're going to do right I've, uh, i i'm very old-fashioned like that i'm like your word is everything to yeah,
1: me bond you know, yeah.
0: Everything, yeah? yeah and um I was like fuck i got to do this because I've got 15 families who depend and I have you know yeah. two three bed terraced houses in the valleys is my main yeah. makeup yeah. of my portfolio yeah. and then I have a, a, a holiday let and a big HMO and um I was like I gotta suck this up and just carry yeah. on I gotta fall away if nothing else even if I said fuck it I'm done I'm walking away, like a lot of landlords did. I was like, mm. I can't, because where are they going to go? Because I'm mm. going to have to make them to sell. Mm. But, um, it's a very interesting, I think, a the, the, the place I'm getting to with, with you know, the level of wealth that I've built up and Owen's built up, and, you know, it's, it's small compared to some, what some landlords do. And what the point is, that I'm getting to a place where I'm like, how do I make a difference? How do I take care of more people? You know, the saying of like, build a bigger table and have mm. more people to dinner and I think what's really interesting to me is we can't expect the government to take care of mm. everyone and there are those of us that have enough wealth that can actually do our bit mm. and there's something for me in I can do my bit in my property business like everything you've just described I'm like yeah and it's probably why things don't affect me you know I tie in the fixed rate for 10 years I intend sensible to
1: move me. sensible move now isn't it
0: and I had people telling me not to do it. I was like, you may be able to deal with that level of uncertainty. I'm going to and fix what, it. What
1: rate was that 10-year fixed?
0: 4%, I think. Yeah, you know, no, it wasn't that low. I'm a, no, no, but it was, I'm
1: that's a, a good rate to fix the 10 years because we now know yeah. that that could have cost you dearly now.
0: <laughs> that's a lot of money, right? You know? So it's like wherever I can, whatever the longest product is, I've got a Shawbrook product for a few houses that's 10 years. I think Aldermore was five. I don't think they had a 10. You know, and and, and I got brokers so going. No, I'll fix for two. Then doing that, I'm like, no chance, mate. We well, interesting
1: because you know, if we think about it logically, right? Interest rates should never have stayed that low Why for mean? so long. It's crazy. It was no need for it. There was no need for it. And yeah. now it's a shock to the system. But watch this. Right? And I, I, I predicted this actually. I wrote about it in um, in September last year. You know when that, 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 that mini budget went off. <laughs> saying, oh, it's going to be a problem blah, blah. and I went this is what's going to happen it's going to be like hell for, for, for six months really because no one's going to know where it's, what's going on but you watch lenders drop their rates next year because they pulled all the rates because they didn't know where the base rate was going to go because it yeah. could have gone five or six percent
3: Yeah.
1: and so they pulled all the rates and then chucked a load of expensive rates on so they had something to sell And then slowly but surely, they're bringing the rates down and down and down and down and down. And I said, by February, March time, the rates will be a sensible level that people will be able to borrow against. And Mm. they're they're at that. And we've already hit the the top of the peak of the inflation cycle. We could have predicted this. I I actually did a report in, um, I actually put it on social media in 2020. And I said there was going to be a boom of biblical proportions and uh, it's going to cause inflation because it wasn't down to printing of money. That was a problem. It was people were sitting at home. They weren't Mm. going to work. They were still getting paid. They didn't have their travel. They 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 didn't go to restaurants. They didn't go to the cinema. They didn't go to the holiday. They didn't go and spend anything um, just frivolous. They just sat at home. Mm. So there was over the lockdown periods, there was two hundred and fifty billion pounds in accidental savings in that period now that's yeah. people who don't normally save they're not savers they're spenders right
2: mm.
1: now that's got to be spent because it's not going to be saved for these because they're not natural savers not They're savers. Going to spend it, right so if everyone's spending their money at the same time along with a curtailed Uh, Supply chain. So you didn't get. Other countries were locked down a lot longer than we were. We were the first. One of the first countries to come out the gates with a full vaccination program. We were ahead of the the curve, but supply was was curtailed because of. Supply chains. Mm-hmm. So there was so many people chasing very little stock out there. Whether that would be cars, whether that be hi fi's, whether that you know stereos uh, or, or not stereos, uh, computers, or mm-hmm. whether it be push bikes. I mean, my push bike I bought for four thousand eight hundred quid today, at six thousand two hundred quid. That shows you the difference, right? Yeah. And and, and, that, and all manufacturers were saying, well, I don't need to discount now, so I'll just hold my nerve and get my full price. Caused inflation. Massive inflation, along with us leaving the European Union and, and people going back to their own native countries. So we had a labor f- uh, force issue, which was pushing up um, prices because fruit wasn't being picked. So strawberries doubled in price because a lot of them rotted in the fields rather than got picked. So we had all these problems at the same time. Mm. At the same time we had this massive, massive surge of, of um, demand. Mm. We, I predicted it. And I also predicted that once it settles down and the supply chains get back to normal, manufacturers have oversupplied. Mm. Uh, retailers have oversupplied. So you're going to start to see a lot of things come down in price very quickly. So mm. it brings inflation down. Interest rates will start falling because they had to go up and they'll start falling. Mm. Before you know it, we've got a little mini boom on our hands. Mm. Because it won't be as bad as what it was before. Coal, say, so gas prices have come down. Um, petrol's come down. I mean, I see petrol uh, at less than 150 a litre now. I think, I think 1, 138 for petrol the other day. We well, it was yeah. touching 9, 190 at one stage. Yeah. So, so everything's coming down. The cycle's going on a downward trajectory. So we're going to start to see things pick up. So mm. all of a sudden, the crisis that we had, we avert. Mm. and um and then we're sitting there going what happened there just like covid what happened there yeah what the fuck <laughs> i remember saying it, a, a meeting in in oxford gilly barlow's meeting and i sat there in front of them all uh i think it was the 10th of march there was no talk of the lockdowns at our, at, at our stage because we'd only had a few cases come yeah it was the, the end of
0: march wasn't it, it happened yeah,
1: yeah. And I turned around and said, everyone's going to get locked down. The government are going to print money like it's owed tomorrow. They're going to chuck it around like it's confetti. Every, and no one will have to worry. And you will be locked down. And everyone's looking at me saying, no, you're going to happen. No, you're be a lunatic. Yes. 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 And, it, and I could predict it because I could see what other countries were doing. And we had a virus that weren't, it was out of the bottle. The genie was out of the bottle. Mm. You can't have open borders and stop a virus. You can't. You just can 't do it and I could tell what's going to happen so um it's it's it, as, as as property investors or traders or or um, developers if you're in the property game you need to pay attention to all these things because they're going to affect you mm. you know the cost of living crisis affecting tenants more is than, than the normal homeowner so yeah. you should be aware of that you should be helping them or doing whatever's necessary you should be aware of um, you know, the fact that, that interest rates could rise substantially anytime soon. So, it's, it's paying attention, really. That's what's important. And understanding the simple, basic principles. Life is simple, people complicate it.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I think what I'm hearing as well is our strategies, for want of a better term, are very different. But the thing that we have that's similar is, we stick with we stick with the same thing. Like we know what we're doing, and mm. I'm going to say it. it doesn't matter whether the market's going up, or
1: down, or flat. You'll trade. Mm. trade well, I, I, all I do is I stop trade. I stop trade. Fortunately, and I say fortunate again, going back to what you asked me earlier about learning from from things. I mm. take the positive out of Zoe because Zoe passed away just as the market was going wobbly. stopped me from buying anything. Mm. That's done me a favor because I sat on my hands. Yeah, I just sat on my hands, sat on my hands, sat on my hands, and then and then. And then made a few decisions different and uh, and, and it enabled me to that breathing space, whereas I might have been looking at things slightly differently if she was still alive. Mm. And I may have thought a few things that I, perhaps I shouldn't have done. So there you go. Mm. Always an upside. Mm.
0: There's always an upside. Definitely. And I think it's that there's a... My coach reminded me of this the other day and she went, you have to have a breakdown to get a breakthrough. Mm. And it's mm. in the breakdown, remembering that, like... Mm. There's a breakthrough. It's okay. It's okay. Can't oh, yeah. have a growth without the, the pain.
1: Mm. There you go. Hopefully, it's been useful today.
0: It has. It's been epic talking to you again, And yeah. I really, I really appreciate your sharing of your journey and your pain, yeah. oh.
3: um,
0: and, and just sharing it so that people get. Like I'm not on my own. In you know whether it be in TNT or a team with having kids or the death of someone, it's it's really powerful when those of us that have been through shit share it so that people get, get.
1: And I think it's easy for people to look at me and think, "Oh, it's all right for him because he's you know he's he's made it or he's you know he's, he's 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 his life's great." But you don't you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You don't never know. I mean, no, I never spoke about Zoe openly about her. Mm-hmm. And stuff, and mm. uh, uh I speak about it openly now because when I before she died, she she spoke about her, you know, how she'd like, you know, to 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 leave a legacy, even though she was going to take her own life. And so I said, you know, we were going to do podcasts together but We never never got that chance, which is a shame. Mm. Yeah. And yeah, she lives
0: on, right? So you're you're yeah, you sharing yeah. the
1: story yeah. and what happened, and, and yeah. And I will tell the story about how magnificent she was because. She was truly a magnificent, strong person. Even though she's no longer with us, she was. Oh, some of the things she did in her life were were fantastic. Mm-hmm. On that, no, I'm going to have to shoot. I'm afraid. We
0: are. let's wrap it up. And um mm. if anyone's heard this, and what like what are you up to in the sense of if people hear you're you're talking, like what are you know? Because I know you used to do property stuff, and now you're like, what do you? What can you offer if people are like i really love listening to you and i want to do more stuff with you what are you up I've got, to I've got,
1: I've got a podcast on actually mine's on youtube so if they search paul ribbons on youtube you'll find me yeah we'll uh, put
0: the
3: links. as well
1: yeah. and then um uh, I, I, i'm going to be quite active in that sort of um personal development field because uh, mm. i want to take that 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 saying which is you know that she left me with is, and i help take people with shit situations and turning them into something we're fighting for. Cause that's what I did for her. Uh, that's what I do for many of my clients. Uh, and, and that's where the route I want to go down. So if, if you know, people are struggling and they don't know what to do, yeah. yeah, seek me out, you know, they can go to my YouTube channel, subscribe and watch the videos or email me at paul at paulribbons.com.
0: Brilliant. That's amazing. Thanks Paul. Right. And just again, what a great contribution. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, everyone.
1: The best.